LBC 97.3. Text 84850. Tweet at LBC 973. This is London's biggest conversation with Steve Allen. Morning. Oh, I hate this weather. I'm so sorry to be depressed. It really gets me down. It really does. It's just... You can't explain to anybody what it must... I mean, some people are very lucky. They don't feel the heat. I'm so envious of all the Italian tourists in town at the moment because they're all young and they're walking out. They've got sweatshirts on. Me, I mean, I sweat looking at them wearing sweatshirts. It's that bad for me. Yesterday, Hampton Court uh, Flower Show, because we went there because, if you remember, that was uh, an auction prize... Which we, uh, which we auctioned off for our Help for Heroes for LBC. And lovely Linda Clark and Kevin were the ones who had the final bid. He didn't go yesterday, presumably too busy working in the bakery. And uh, so we went there and it was, it was wonderful. I mean, it really, really was good. It really, really was good. Uh, but boiling hot in the middle of the field. But if you're going, uh, if you've not bought tickets, my advice is buy them in advance. It's a little bit cheaper. £33 on the gate. £33 something, I think. And um, if you're a Royal Horticultural Society member, you get a little bit of a discount. Plus, they do a ticket after 3pm. You've got to get your skates on to go around it for that, because it's it's quite big, the site. There's lots to see. Uh, I'm glad we did it on press day, because it was relatively empty. Uh, still a few little Jobsworths there, which, you know, I can cope with now. I've learned to deal with Jobsworths. Thank you. Goodbye. Go. <laughs> Shout at them. So much easier. And uh, we had a nice cup of tea. And so Linda was uh, was down there, and Ingrid, her friend. Well, the I mean, the uh, the highlight is walking around the gardens, loads of things to to buy, and the flower tents. Well, just stunning, stunning as always for me. It's the bonsai. I mean, the bonsai. They're just like miniature forests. They're beautiful, and the other flower. I mean, every you can buy loads of plants there. There's loads of plants for sale. Trailing fuchsias, climbing fuchsias, black fuchsias, everything. I've never seen so many fuchsias. In fact, I nearly bought some. I thought, no, don't, don't buy anything, don't buy anything. Leave it for a little while. And uh, so anyway, all in all, it was lovely. I spent a couple of hours with them. And then they wandered off to have a look round to see if there's anything worth buying, which I'm sure there would be, as Linda was going. We can get a trolley, you know, and we can push, push it around. But I got burnt to pieces on the back of my neck. But it was really, really good. Really good. I don't think the Bentley likes going across fields, but, you know, that will have to try and work out for a later date. I think I'll take a four by four. And uh, so then I came back and I turned on the television. I was sort of watching little bits and pieces and I hit on one of these music channels. And there was a group, I think they're called Stooshy. And they've got a new hit out at the moment. I say a new hit because it's so catchy. It's a bit of reggae and it's just really good. It's just really, really good. And every so often I hear a record and I think that makes me think of summer. So I might have to download that today from iTunes, as if I was sort of downloading my podcast. And um, not that I've ever downloaded my podcast. I must be the only one who's never downloaded a podcast before. I wouldn't know how to. I'm told it's terribly simple. And so I'm going to download Stooshy later on, because it's, it's definitely a record of having the windows open, the air conditioning blowing. And, uh, and it's so catchy. It's so catchy. I can't remember what it's called, but it's very, very good. Very, very good. Another royal baby as well. Zara and Mike, the ne'er-do-wells, uh, and Prince Andrew started twittering. Oh, God. His wife and uh, daughters pitched up to another freebie... Sorry, another charity luncheon, because uh, that's all they seem to do nowadays. What does that woman do for a living? <laughs> no idea. And uh, the bad news is, I'm afraid, that uh, back, into, back into hospital again, Paul Gascoigne, otherwise known herein as the drunk. What else can you do with him? What else... I mean, I went home yesterday, and a friend of mine phoned me, he said, did you mention uh, Gascoigne this morning? I said, yes. He said, what did you say? And I said, well, I don't think there's any cure for him. 
He quite clearly wants to drink himself to death. He's quite clearly addicted to the booze. He's had the rehab. Quite clearly it doesn't work. And quite clearly as well, he's got no friends. Of course, he has Bianca who'll come out for the photo opportunity. But, I mean, apart from that, they're not really interested. They're just there to sort of milk the publicity and see. But he hasn't got any money, so there's no point at the end of his life. He's not going to be leaving it. Like George Best. George Best left nothing. Absolutely nothing at all. Not a penny piece. There was a, a watch and a couple of things like that, and a lot of empties. And I think the same will be said for Gaza, because he's been in, you know, people have spent money, he goes on all the television programmes, like the usual buffoon that we've seen before, you know, no, I'm not drinking, this is it. And you think, no, you're an addict. You're an alcoholic. My name is Paul Gascoigne. I'm an alcoholic. Once an alcoholic, always an alcoholic. You don't ever stop being an alcoholic. It only takes that one drink, you're back on it. And that's what he had. He obviously sat by himself, twiddling his thumbs, at home, which, of course, is fatal. He's been out, he's done his show, he managed to get through that, but he was reasonably sober, it's great. And then, of course, to celebrate, let's have a drink. Oh, let's go back on it again. So, apparently, um, he uh, was rushed to hospital after drunkenly staggering into a hotel, crying for Cheryl and collapsing. It's pathetic. It's pathetic. I mean, you know, the man is 47. How much more can you do? I don't know. I don't know. Having worked with an alcoholic producer before, you're kind of up against a brick wall. You're really up against a brick wall. I remember talking to Jeremy Beadle about it and saying it's a it's a blooming pain. It really is. Because it can get you so down because you can't deal with somebody who's an alcoholic because they're doing it on their own. They don't really, uh, they don't really know what, what they're doing. They have no idea. He, you took out for dinner with him. And he would sit there and he'd just move the food around the plate. He never ate anything. For the simple reason that if you're an alcoholic, the booze becomes your food. So you don't, you don't really find fat alcoholics. You find people who have sort of found their, their body weight. So now Gascoigne has uh, collapsed in central London. Apparently he was causing chaos uh, before the staff rang for an ambulance. I mean, to be honest with you, I mean, the man should have been locked up a long time ago. There's a, there's a limit to how, how long it is before he starts causing serious damage or causing a lot of trouble for people. If he's wandering into hotels now, it's now got really bad. I mean, but where are the, you know, where are the interviews in the papers with the people who pay? Why have they not done an interview with Gary Lineker going, so why have you not contacted him, Gary? You know, it's no good just giving money. That doesn't ease your conscience. If you feel something about him, why are people not inviting him round there and keeping off booze? Because quite clearly, when he sits at home by himself, first thing he does... Let's pick up the booze. Pick up the booze, and that's it. And that's when he just picks up more booze, and then more... I don't know where he gets the money from. Is he paying tax? Would he be paying tax at the end of this month? Or would he be going round there going, I haven't got any money? That's what I feel is going to happen, isn't it? Uh, anyway, apart from that, uh, Andy Murray, all the papers yet again, which is great. I'm now saying to people... Do you now think, you know, because we, we examine everything, don't we, in this country. So Brit wins Wimbledon after 77 years. You think, so what happened between last year and this year for him to win it? And so they've now got his story. This is where he starts making money. This is where he starts cashing in and making as much money as possible. I su- which I suppose, you know, people are entitled to. If they've actually, you know, put out and, and made a bit of effort over something, well, then it was fine. And we loved it, didn't we? Let's face it. We couldn't actually get any better at all, which is, is great. And now we think about Dunblane far more than we ever would have done which is good. So I'm very happy there. Very, very happy. Um, Coming back into EastEnders, Barbara Windsor, for a special one-off. Yes, at the age of... Far too impertinent for me to even mention the little lady's age. But she played Peggy... For 16 years, she played Peggy Mitchell. Ironically, um, I'm going to be talking to Samantha Womack this week, Samantha Janus as was, who's reprising her role as Ronnie Mitchell. But I want to talk about Pie in the Sky. 
Uh, but Barbara's going to return for a one-off appearance to deal with family matters. Get out my pub! Everybody loves that, don't they? Everybody loves that. And then I watched a little bit of... Um, a little bit of uh, Big Brother. Couldn't remember exactly what it was, actually, because a total bunch of non-entities and frauds and people who've got no talent whatsoever. It's a bit like watching the Cheryl Cole makeover show. Uh, Towie star Jess Wright. She used to be Jessica Wright, but obviously she sounded a bit like a rabbit. Unfortunately, of course, she looks a bit like a rabbit. Has been blasted by anti-drugs campaigners. She's uh, posed with a balloon filled with deadly hippie crack. Well, that's what they say here. Hippie crack? I don't know what that is. Apparently, oh, it's known as laughing gas. That's what it is. This is nitrous oxide. Well, I mean, she was once a prat, always a prat, I'm afraid. And here she is. I don't know what she was doing there, really. Uh, Stephen Reem, director of Resolve, said misuse of nitrous oxide has resulted in a number of deaths in the, U- in the UK. It should not be seen as harmless fun. 16 deaths between 2006 and 2009 and 52 since 1971. But nobody ever said she was intelligent. Didn't we have this the other day with a, a well-known person who was using this nitrous oxide? Was it somebody using it with their child? I can't remember. It was somebody using it with their child. And somebody tweeted out and said, are you a complete idiot? Well, Jessica Wright is sad, desperately lonely and attention-seeking and uh, and no, no talent at all. It's, again, it's the Cheryl Cole story. It's the Cheryl Cole story. Um, next time John Terry throws a lavish birthday party for his kids, Rizzle Kicks won't be invited. Apparently last year, the Chelsea captain became embroiled in an ugly race row with QPR defender Anton Ferdinand. Now chart-topping pals Jordan, Rizzle Stevens and Harley Sylvester Alexander Sule have reignited the scrap in lyrics on a new single, Lost Generation. It's interesting. And he locks himself in his little room. He, he went on the run. He was sentenced to 23 years in prison for drug smuggling. He's a nasty piece of work. A nasty piece of He's also fat and ugly. But, I mean, let's, let's not uh, let that intrude onto the gravity of his crime. So in Spain, where he was holed up behind uh, massive gates and everything else to spend the spoils of his, uh, of his drug empire, the, uh, the police finally broke in. Found him cowering in a little safe room hidden behind a wardrobe and uh, dragged him out. Oh, he looked like a little frightened girl's blouse. And, of course, he was he disappeared. This is 13 years on the run. So he's got another 23 of them to spend in prison. Plus, of course, they'll, they'll add on. So that was good fun. I quite enjoyed that yesterday, especially when they dragged him out naked. I thought that he was hiding in a panic room, and boy, did he look like a girl's blouse. Mark Lilly, one of Britain's most wanted villains, held at a dawn raid on his Spanish villain. The worst thing was this poor old uh, soul was sitting in the panic room watching it all unfold as they broke in. Cheap front door, I thought, as it went down very quickly. He was watching it on computer in his little panic room. So they've got him now. Uh, he's an ex-gas fitter. He fled in 2000 whilst on bail for a million-pound drugs racket. Yeah. Got you now, girly boy, haven't they? You'll be coming back to spend uh, spend time in prison, which is good news. Uh, as the heat takes on uh, and gets even stronger today, I can only advise taking water with you everywhere. Not only taking water with you everywhere, but be warned about tomb stoning. This is where people jump off cliffs into the sea. More people have died over the last couple of years through tombstoning. Do not swim in quarries. Another boy went the other day, thought he was very clever. I don't know how they get dragged under. I think there's monsters under all these lakes, so I wouldn't go there at all. And he died in a quarry. So just because it's hot doesn't mean it's safe. Quarter past four. 
And with Nick Ferrari this morning, as the White House expresses concern over the growing violence in Egypt, Nick will be asking what's the next step, plus how would you like our stop and search laws to be changed? And as London's temperature continues to soar, Nick will be saying, is our transport system coping? I think it is. It's just blooming hot. I'm, I'm convinced some bus drivers sit there and put the heating on. Or I'd rather we had air conditioning. I mean, on this day and age, you can get air conditioning on a Fiat Uno. Why can't they put it on a train or on a, on a bus or something like that? We sit there. They've got the blooming facility. Put it on there. They're electric, the trains. Don't fill them up with petrol. Just put it on there. Mark Dolan, comedian and TV presenter, will be live in the studio. He'll be very bouncy and chirpy a little bit later on. I bet he does Paul Gascoigne. I bet he, does, I bet he mentions Paul Gascoigne at some point. He will have to. And is it, is it some sort of thing that poor old Colin Robertson, who can't fill up his column for love nor money, has to sort of just fill it with press releases? So this morning he fills it with, uh, with the Apprentice star Nick Hewer, uh, who reckons Lord Sugar could quit after next year's show to predict his other businesses. Um, is it a, a prerequisite for poor old Colin Robertson to put a picture of Talisa, in fact, the biggest picture you can put on there, because she's got all these clothes, but quite clearly she's not working, she's got nowhere to wear the blooming things. So she has to go on holiday with Chelsea Healy, a has-been, if ever there was one. You know, if ever you go to a party, they go, oh, Chelsea Healy's just arrived. Turn round and walk straight out the door, it's low rent. The good news is, though, for fans of Dancing on Ice, that's about three of you, they're going out with a bang. Oh, that'll be good, and blowing everybody up. Nope. It's apparently they're going to reunite some of the show's best-loved skaters for an all-star send-off. In other words, they've run out of ideas. So they've decided, bring back a few people who aren't working. So Vanilla Ice, Yorgi Porter. God, you know, I thought her career had finished years ago. Uh, Ray Quinn. Oh, God, blimey. He's just a bit too good, isn't he? Todd Carty, there for comedy value. Chris Fountain, Kieran Bracken and uh, Beth Tweddle. Apparently, the plan has been given the seal of approval by Jane Torville and Christopher Dean, who are calling it quits after next year's series. Uh, a Dancing on Ice source said, that'll be the management, Torville and Dean said they wanted the final series to be the best. Sounds like a pile of garbage, actually, doesn't it, really? Nothing new there at all. Why can't we have people we really hate on the show? You know, just just having Yorgie Porter on there is not quite, uh, not quite enough, I'm afraid. Not quite enough. Um, do you know, they put people in the... Pa- I don't know half these people are... They put them in there. I thought I was I was fairly good on on working out. Um, this is one here. Actress Olivia Coleman. She stars in Broadchurch, but apparently it's made her so famous she struggles to pop out and buy milk. I don't think I cope, dear. I have to go from here to the bus stop. I'm fighting them off. I'm fighting up grannies outside. Avenge the widows. They're all out there. I'm getting the old lot. I didn't even know who she is. She could walk in the studio naked now. I'm not suggesting she does, but, I mean, I don't know who these people are at all. Front page of the, uh, the Daily Express. Andy's divorced parents were united in victory. Don't touch me. Don't touch. Don't touch. And uh, so that's quite touching. And you wait years for a royal baby, and now two come along. So here they are. And also a revolutionary discovery could pave the way for a simple blood test to help in the battle against old age. Oh, brilliant. Do you mean we're actually not going to be old anymore? We go to bed. Of course, it'll be typical. It'll happen after I die. I could just tell. They will do these things later in life. And uh, Prince Andrew, otherwise known as old freebie Andrew, has become the first member of the royal family to join Twitter under their own names. Uh, tweets signed AY for Andrew York are written by the Duke, while others will be posted by his office. His account, at the Duke of York, that was the one who had 10,000 men, and I think the case comes up, I think, in a week Tuesday. But anyway, uh, it's got more than 11,500 followers by last night. Not quite catching up to me, Andy. Not quite, but, I mean, I'm sure you'll make it. Uh, They've all got it, but it's interesting um, that one person tweeted, Yo, how's Jeffrey Epstein? 
Do you remember that Jeffrey Epstein story? This was the uh, the Duke's relationship with a US billionaire who was jailed in 2008 for soliciting a minor for prostitution. Andrew never been particularly good at finding out the right people. You know, freeloading Andy. And now we've got the uh, ex-wife and the two daughters, and they've all learned how to do it. But he is ultimately boring. He is so dreary. I remember somebody telling me once that they uh, they encountered him at a, at a base... And he insists on being called Sir. I don't know why. I think you have to earn that, don't you? You have to earn that. Uh, call me Sir. No, you're Andy. You're old Randy Andy, aren't you? We know. We've seen all the, the stories in the papers. What were you and that old Sarah Ferguson, the old toe-sucking, old Johnny Bryant? You and uh, that island you went to years ago with, um, well, let's just call them a couple of good-time girls. Oh, yes, your, le- your prowess is legendary, Andy. So good then to start trying to behave now. It's a bit late. A bit late. Another scorcher, says Noreen. I know. I, I really do hate it. I really, really do hate it. I, I, it's uncomfortable for me. It's not just hating it. It's a, you just think, uh, if, if you get a breeze, it's like a bonus for me. It's like, oh, there's a breeze. We stood on a bridge at Hampton Court Flower Show yesterday. The uh, bridges which take people over from the foodie side with the flower tents, and then you go on to the other side of it, because it's so big. And uh, we were standing, the three of us on the bridge, OK? Me, Linda and Ingrid. And we're looking out, and along she comes. The job's worth. Nick, Nick. Nick, 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 you can't stand on the bridge. Health and safety. Don't be so stupid. There's three of us, love. There's th- what did we do? Throw herself in the one-foot-deep water. Would you like to come off the bridge? Well, we'd stand there for ten minutes before she even noticed us. And obviously somebody said, uh, three people on, on the bridge, get them off as quick as possible. And so I felt like saying to her, tomorrow there's going to be thousands of people. You know, at the moment there's only three of us. If it can't cope with three of us, there's no point in putting it there, is there, love? And then she said, all right, guys, thank you. All right, guys! Very common girl, I'm afraid, as far as I'm concerned. You want something a little bit classier at the house. Paid 33 quid to get in. You're looking for a little bit of, you know, tugging of forelocks, I'm afraid. Another royal baby, says Noreen. Zara and Mike in the new year. I'm getting excited about the imminent Cambridge baby. Boy or girl? I'm going for... I don't know. I, did, I was, I was going to say boy. And then I thought, girl, because I'm hoping they're going to call it Diana. I'm thinking Diana, but the bookies are taking. I can't remember what the what the odds are on. The, can you get me the booking odds up on what the royal baby will be, and then we shall uh, find out. Oh, Katarda's family, Abu Katarda, are set to quit Britain and follow him to Jordan. Thank God for that. Let's get rid of the whole lot of them. Brilliant. I mean, that marvelous. Wait eight years to get rid of him, and then the family just follow like lemmings. It was a bit like that yesterday. Uh, all the fraudsters that they found, and there's all sorts of them here. This is. Um, They've got one woman, Samantha Laverne Mustafa, from Birmingham, fraudulently claimed more than 60 grand, pretending she was a lone parent, a liar. Alan Lawson, a fitness instructor, claimed 88,000, a liar. Caroline Banana, daughter of the former Zimbabwe president, now living in Stoke-on-Trent, claiming benefits, but uh, then she claimed 95 grand on deal or no deal, a fraudster. And uh, they have to get these people. She was claiming in some income support and everything else. Why don't we just put these people in prison or hang them? Wouldn't it make it much easier? Why do we go, oh, we're going to suspend it for two years? It's like the story I read you yesterday uh, of the guy who was banned, the Latvian, who goes into court. He's banned from driving. He comes out and he gets in his car and drives away. I mean, he's quite clearly stupid and thick. And then it turns out he was banned for three years in about 2009. He quite clearly is an idiot. I do like the couple here. I like a happy story, a romantic story. And Hazel and Jay Prelier have spent two years on their epic journey, kissing at the end of every seaside pier in Britain. Every seaside pier in Britain. Isn't that lovely? How lovely. And I do like the... I was going to bring it to you yesterday, but I completely forgot to do it. 
a founding member of UB40, Brian Travers, has joined a tribute act two years after declaring himself bankrupt. So he's actually in the tribute band to UB40. <laughs> I do like... I was telling everybody about uh, this stoosh record, which I love. I can't remember what it's called, but it's so it's so summery. It just sums up summer. So I'm, I've, I've decided I have to... Uh, I have to download this from iTunes today. Holly Willoughby, you didn't hear about Holly Willoughby's total disaster yesterday, interviewing Andy Murray. Oh, my God, how to make yourself look stupid in about five seconds. So she started asking about the love life. He said, I only met you ten minutes ago. He said, you'll be the last person I'll be telling. <laughs> that told her. But anyway, she's, uh, she's modelling her new fashion collection, and uh, which is lovely. Uh, and also, there's a hunt on at the moment, and I, I, I would join this hunt as well myself. Mindless, cowardly yobs who led an 11-week Shetland pony to drown in a river. I mean, Farmer David Hayes said someone went into his paddock in the early hours to abduct two-foot-tall Squeak, leaving her eight-month-old mother Bubbles distraught. The lifeless body was later found wedged against a weir. He said children are said to be distraught. Some locals have blamed cowardly yobs for being responsible for the death. I mean, it's absolutely appalling, isn't it? Why would anybody want to do that? You do get thick people and people who are so mindless, probably on drugs or whatever else. But uh, they have to be uh, they have to be found and sorted out very, very quickly. Looking at the um, at the uh, the baby. Where am I looking at here? What am I looking at here? Am I looking? Where are all the names? Where are all the names of what what we're actually uh, voting for? Right. So Alexandra, eleven to two. If it's a girl, oh, if it's a girl, okay. Alexandra, where's it gone? Why is this thing not working? Leave it alone. Uh, Charlotte. Oh, that's... Oh, God, yeah. What does it matter with this stupid computer this morning? It's got a mind of its own. If it does it again, I'm going to throw it through the window. Victoria, fairly popular. Elizabeth. Diana. See, that's only... It's only fifth, isn't it, Diana? George. You could call a girl George. Could, it could be Georgina, but changed it to George. Eleanor. Oh, that's quite nice. Uh, Alice. Mary. James. Grace. Alberta. And Abigail. Oh, do me a favour, Alberta. Nobody's going to call a child Alberta, are they? Uh, Abigail, John, Catherine or Kate... Philip, Charles, Sophia, Richard, Benjamin. Benjamin, I ask you. <laughs> Silly. I think Alexandra's quite nice. I could go for Alexandra or Diana in memory of, uh, of his mum. But I bet you anything he'll be saying, Dad, how do you feel about Diana? I don't want, I don't think so. I, I never liked that woman, you know. I never, I know you were just, you know, heir and a spare. And uh, we got the other bloke as well. We got that, uh, that uh, who's the ginger one we got? Oh, Harry. Yes, we like him. I think they should call her Diana. If it's a girl, I'm sneaking feeling it's going to be a girl. But I've now thought I'm going to be completely... I mean, could I hedge my bets and say, I think it could be a girl or it could be a boy? I, I think that's, you know... What are the odds are? It'll be perfect, it'll be beautiful, won't it? But will it be gay? That'd be a question, won't it? That'd be funny if we had... Have we had yes, we, of course we have, haven't we, in the royal family? We must have had, must have had gay children before now. I mean, the odds are it would have to be. Uh, 84850, It's 4.30. LBC 97.3. Text 84850. Tweet at LBC 973. This is London's biggest conversation with Steve Allen. Morning, 28 minutes to five. Some of the other names put forward for the Royal Baby. Bradley. Brittany. Oh, well, can you honestly see a baby called Brittany? I mean, you can discount that one straight away, can't you? Colin, Ella, Esme. Esme Windsor. I don't know. Ladies and gentlemen, Princess Esme. <laughs> don't think so. Kevin. Uh, Prince Prince Kevin. All right. 
All right, it's me mum, it's me dad. Uh, this is the old Pippa. That's the old bird from the other side. My oh, God, she loves the publicity. Victor Chardonnay. It's not really going to do much, is it? Chardonnay, ladies and gentlemen, Chardonnay Windsor. All right, all right. I don't know. Do any members of the royal family have tattoos? I'm trying to think. Does anybody? Prince Edward's probably got a secret one hidden away in a little, little nook and cranny. That'd be interesting, wouldn't it, to find out if he had. Uh, Gloria, good. Jordan, Julius. What's this one here? Have you heard of this name? Sapasan. Oh, Sapasan. I don't think so. It doesn't say Sapasan Windsor. Ladies and gentlemen, Sapasan Windsor. Oh, I couldn't touch that. I'll have the prawns instead. Wayne. Wayne Windsor. I like Wayne. That's got a certain ring to it, doesn't it? Wayne Windsor, ladies and gentlemen. Ladies and gentlemen, here's Wayne. Frogmella. Frogmella. Frogmella Windsor. Hello. I just see that one. Uh, Jarmine, Janine, Peaches. Oh, no, that's such a common name, isn't it? Peaches. Any kid who's named after a fruit, as far as I'm concerned, is barking mad. Oh, Peaches Geldof. Hello. There we are. I've been proven. I felt sorry for an artist the other day. I felt sorry for most artists. Because I think they're a pretentious bunch of so-and-sos. You know, you get you listen to Brian Sewer and you're the artist. Oh, go away, for God's sake. I'll say pretentious old windbag. Uh, I just I, I like something to look like the pictures. If I was having a picture done of the uh, of the producer, which I wouldn't, and uh, it would have to look like him. But as I say, it wouldn't wouldn't be too difficult. Just get a cotton bud and paint two eyes on it. Gives you a rough idea. He looks like that. Or funny that used to make things out of pipe cleaners years ago. You could make something out of. You could put make a pipe cleaner little outfit, or a little clay model or something. Was, anyway, so but it's got to look like him. There's no point in something that's a you know that's cubism. I don't. Want, I'm not interested in that. I think that's mad. I think that shows somebody who's completely off their trolley. So when I go around the National Gallery, I want pictures to look like pictures. So that's why it would, it would have to be good. But this is an artist here. He's a struggling artist, and his name is Andrew Vickers. He's 49. He looks like he's struggled. Struggled to make it to 49. And he found a load of old comics on a skip. Um, and so he turned it into a papier-mâché sculpture. And so he ripped up all these magazines to make, you know, like you used to do. Maybe years ago when you should make puppet heads. You get a light bulb or a balloon and you put Vaseline all over the balloon or the light bulb. And then you stick papier-mâché over the top. And then eventually you smash the light bulb or you pop the balloon and then you make a puppet's head. So he's made a papier-mâché sculpture out of these comics that he ripped up. He found them in a skip, whole pile. So he ripped them all up, did papier-mâché. And uh, he said it's probably worth about 400 quid. And somebody went, I don't think so. And he went, Why? because he's 49, and um, he'd used uh, an array of rare comics. One of them was the first edition of the Avengers comic from 1963. Far from being worth £400, they said, had you not ripped them up, idiot, be worth about 20 grand. Because people like Jonathan Ross collect comics, and there's big money to be made in comics. You know, the Marvel comics and stuff like that. And uh, he says, it's made me laugh every day, proving how barking mad he must be at the age of 49. Uh, is this Kate's future sister-in-law, the attention-seeking Donna Air, claimed to fame? She was in Biker Grove, ladies and gentlemen. And uh, now she's with uh, James Middleton. But there again, she's been around with so many people and in the papers all the time. So you don't want another one. It's bad enough with Pippa hogging the limelight. And proving what I said all the time, that the thing that the British love doing is singing. We love communal singing. I love going to the Royal Albert Hall. I love singing for the Remembrance Day service. But apparently, if you sing in a choir, it's as good for the heart as yoga. And you know why? Because you puff your chest up and you go, four... Well, anyway, whatever you'd happen to sing. You know, you can sing different songs, you know. Ten green bottles hanging on the wall. And so uh, Dr Bjorn Vikoff 
said singing regulates activity in the so-called vagus nerve, which is involved in our emotional life and communication with others, and which, uh, for example, affects our vocal timbre. So join a choir. If you want to do something healthy, join a choir and sing. Because it's good. Yeah, I, I sing in the car. I mean, I'm constantly singing in the car. I love singing in the car. I sing to all sorts of things. I might hear something on a, on a radio station. I think, right, I'm going to sing. I sing along to it. it. must look really ridiculous to people pulling alongside the car. But I always pretend I'm on the phone. Because I've had imaginary conversation. Because people look at me and they think he's, he's talking on the phone to somebody. But in fact, what I'm doing is I'm rehearsing the programme for the next day. So I, I sit there and I go, hello, I'm Steve Allen. And uh, it's nice to have you company. Welcome along to the uh, programme. First off uh, on the beatbox today. It's uh, down 22, up 16, in at number three. And here come the Beach Boys. You know, and I, I sort of practice and rehearse this whole thing. And so if anybody's sitting next to me at traffic lights, they look at me thinking, he's so rich he's on the phone. Whereas, in fact, I'm just talking to myself. I do it quite a lot. I do it on motorways, especially if a coach pulls alongside me. I get coaches that draw level with me. And so I, I, I generally, I'm, I've always got a sandwich. For some reason, if I'm going on a journey, I like to put a sandwich or, recently, tomatoes. Ever since somebody said to me, tomatoes are really, really good for you, I've started having tomatoes as a snack. But the worst thing is, don't ever go out wearing a white shirt with big tomatoes. Only pick the little cherry tomatoes, because I took a bite at one the other day and half it went down my shirt. And I had to go all the way back home again to change the shirt because I wasn't a happy person. Because you, you just can't do it, can you? You have to sort of look at all these things. Oh, and apart from Dixon of Doc Green, we had a thing about Reg Varney the other day on the programme. So I found um, a series that he did years ago called Down the Gate. And it's based at Billingsgate. And so after he'd done on the buses... He then, because in the mid-70s, Billingsgate was Europe's premier fish market, and so this charted over two series in the mid-1970s. It's got Dillis Lay, got loads of people you've never heard of in here, but uh, it's written by Morris Seller and Roy Tuve, and produced by, here's a name that will uh, refresh your memory, William G. Stewart. Now, William G. Stewart, big name in television, and Alan, sorry? 15 to 1, absolutely, 15 to 1. And uh, down 15 places, and in for you at number 3 this week. It's uh, Alan G. Stewart. And uh, so that's why it's good, because I like these old series. When you look at them, though, you suddenly realise the quality is so abysmally bad. But that'll, that'll refresh uh, everybody's, everybody's mind this morning. Uh, thank you very much indeed. A YouTube search on Katie Price, Peter Andre, A Whole New World. Hysterical, said Andrew in Camden Town. Are you, how out of date are you? We did this one about four years ago. Well, you just found it now. Dear God, come off your medication, for God's sake. It's quite clearly affecting you badly. We did this one so long ago. It's almost, you're almost an embarrassment. Please go and listen to another radio station. I can't bear the idea that somebody's so out of touch when we did something, you know. It must have, how many years ago was that whole new world when they brought out the album? Well, hey, they've been separate. It must be more than six years ago. God, how old are you? God, blimey, dreadful. Does worry me, does worry me a little bit. Uh, weather for today, I don't want to depress you. If you, like me, don't like the weather, you're going to absolutely hate it. Not as hot as yesterday, though, unless you're in a field. 26 degrees, currently 14. Early mist will clear. I love it when it's misty in London. I love it when it's misty in London. I love looking at the boats on the Thames. I love looking at the big catamarans that zoom up and down. And when the mist is on the Thames, first thing in the morning, it's like going to the fish market. It's like going to Smithfield. It's like going to the flower market. At New Covent Garden. It's like, you know, early mornings. You can't... I don't care what anybody says. You can't beat it. You cannot beat early mornings. I was talking to a friend of mine who also works these uh, these hours. And I said, you know, it's so wonderful. London comes alive. 
you know, you could see all the people out there. There's people driving vans around, people delivering, bus drivers are out there on their route. Same people every morning at the bus stop. That's the only thing that's different throughout the daytime. Throughout the daytime, you get lots of different people at the bus stops. At this time of the morning, it's a sa- I see the same people every morning, and we're still not talking. We're still not talking. I don't want to talk to them. They look scary. You know, I'm sad that I think, I get the bus, run on the bus, yeah. I always say good morning to the bus driver, though. Because I think that's, that's, that's what it's about. Sunday afternoon, Dawn spent a couple of hours out of the heat in a nice air-conditioned cinema, uh, taking my advice on watching Despicable Me 2 in 3D. And I saw it in Westfield, uh, the London one, not the, the Stratford one, which was nice. And so you get the supersized sound and vision for a bit more than the normal 3D price. This is the View Extreme. Two View Extreme 3D screenings on Sunday, plus a few normal. And uh, you watch the first one. You may be interested to know that Julie Andrews in the first one. You're talking to the biggest Julie Andrews fan in the world! Of course I know Ju- Why do you think I got it? Julie Andrews is in it. But she wasn't in the second one because Gru's mum only appeared near the end and didn't speak at all, so that was why. So, uh, yes, I follow all these. God, you preach it to the converted about Julie Andrews. Lord. Uh, Freddie says, watching The Apprentice final five last night, we found out that Louisa had made up, I think it's the whole thing about her and this, this fraudulent lifestyle. It's, it's selling yourself as something that you're not. In other words, they all do the big talk, whereas, in fact, we know she's had to destroy pictures of her, let's just call it, lurid past. I prefer to call it tacky and tarty. And that kind of sums her up. They're all, they don't know what they're talking about, these I wouldn't trust any of them as far as I could throw them. I really wouldn't. If they, they come to me, I've got this business proposition. Go away. Go away now. Stupid people. And what do you think of Katie Hopkins' comments on this morning? I couldn't care less, actually. We did it the other day. Duncan did it for ages and ages. Where have these people been? Is there some medication that's doing the rounds now that makes people forget things? Duncan did a whole programme on Katie Hopkins and this silly story to make herself because she's been floating around daytime television for ages and nobody's taken a blind bit of notice of her because she's barking mad. So she comes up with this stupid idea that she won't let the kids play with other... It's so old, this story. It's so just tedious. But then, as I said yesterday on the programme, what does she do? Stand at school and go, who are you, you playing? Darling, who are you playing? India. India, pop it. Come, come over here. Africa, come here. Thank you. You know, Lucerne, come here. Um, who, who are you playing with today? The River Jordan. I don't think so. OK, so don't don't hang around with those. They're common people, OK? They don't know kids at an early age. They don't know. They just go, here is my friend Wyoming. You know, this is my friend, you know, Pinot Grigio. And that kind of stuff. You know, if you call kids Chardonnay and stuff like that. I want to call somebody Peanut Brittle. Because I think it's such a good name. I mean, peanut, everybody loves Peanut Brittle. Or Milkshake. That's very popular, isn't it? But nobody's ever called Milkshake. Milkshake Windsor. You know, Harper Seven was about as stupid as it ever got, wasn't it, really? Poor souls. Named after a beer or something. And then you've got the Heavenly Hirani Tiger Lily. Off their trolley, she, she was, that woman. And uh, Peaches and Pixie Geldof. You know, I mean, just, just ridiculous. Just ridiculous. Uh, Stoosh, new record, is my man music. Thank me later, says Les. Mind you, I reckon it's rubbish. It's the best record I've ever heard. Stoosh, it is one of the best records, and I'm an expert on summer hits. Um, and somebody says here, it's not my cup of tea. Have a listen to Reload by Sebastian Ingrosso. Oh, don't like that one at all. Don't touch Sebastian Ingrosso. No, I like my man music. Lovely. Uh, Prince Kevin is long overdue, says Kevin. Also, what about the name that Harry Enfield's characters, Wayne and Waynetta Slob, gave to their daughter, Spadulike? Named after their favourite restaurant. <laughs> Spadulike, spudge you like. <laughs> uh, Daz says, I don't know why you whispered when you did your Prince Charles impression. With ears that size, he'd have heard you, even if the radio was off. 
Uh, I'd like to bet that the royal... I'd like to bet my life the royal baby won't be called Karen. <laughs> I love it. And, um, love one here. This is... Somebody says, call Blimey, Steve. Call Blimey. Who writes call Blimey? Honestly. Unless you're a... Call Blimey, Gov. Up on the rooftops, Mary Poppins. It's just dawned on me how angry you really are. Chill, brother. Chill, brother. You want drugs. Apparently, Prince Andrew's old girlfriend, and she is old, Koo Stark, used to be a neighbour of mine. Yes, she's she's a bit slightly odd, isn't she, I think? Apparently, bus drivers don't have control over the heat in the passenger area, just in the driver's cab. Uh, most new buses have automated climate control. No, they don't. That's what everybody's complained about. The whole idea is they're ridiculous. When people on the bus open all the windows, it negates the cooling effect of the climate control. Why don't you just go and jump in the Thames? <laughs> the demise of Dancing on Ice Steve proves... There is a God. <laughs> Gary and Morden says, check out Holly Cook. I went to find our gigs on Saturday, a beautiful voice. And uh, I wasn't to wear Stucci had anything out for about a year. It's really good. It is really, really good. I mean, it's so, it's so, it's reggae. It's catchy. It says to me summer. It says to me lollipops. It says to me milkshakes. It says to me crop tops, fat birds in Ugg boots. It says all sorts of things. And it's so catchy. It is so catchy. And it's just, it's good. I think they're a bit fake as groups go. Because somebody was saying to me the other day, they were, they were talking about a well-known group. I don't want to mention their name. But they said they appear not to get on together. I said, well, why would they? They're all thrown together, all these groups. They're all assembled. Simon goes, well, that, that you, and you, you work with this one here. And, uh, and they're put together. Why, why would they want to get on with each other? Even the groups from the 70s don't get on with each other. Which is even sadder. Dee says, when picking names for the royal baby, don't forget he or she will one day be the monarch. Don't think Queen Chardonnay quite cuts it. It's a girl, says Jen. It's definitely a girl. I don't I'm not sure. I, well, I like to think it probably is. But on, on second hands, I'm hedging my bets and saying it could be a man as well. Apparently, there was another on the buses spin-off called Don't Drink the Water. Blakey and his sister, Patty Coombs. Hello, Bobby. Hello, Patty. Lovely Patty Coombs. Retired to Spain. Blakey's still going. God bless him. He's still there. He's still... Look at the time, honestly. 14 minutes to five. LBC 97.3 LBC 97.3 Call 08456060973 This is London's biggest conversation with Steve Allen. Morning, 11 minutes to 5. 11 minutes to 5. Now put the jelly babies down, says Paul in Manchesterford. You can't remember Olivia Coleman, your new best friend, star of the BAFTAs, Broadchurch, and Reverend and, and Rev. More photos of her than Beckham. Best Googler, just to prove your BBC half. Listen to you, my heart. Let's run your bow with any of you, mate. I saw the cruise, a life at sea. Sadly, not the same cruise. This one deals with passengers, crew, and ship's chaplain on the Fred Olsen owned Balmoral. As yet, no Jane MacDonald figure, but I shall keep you posted. I, I, this is because I've always said that I think they should bring out on DVD two things from the BBC. If you, firstly, Paddington Green, because there were some good characters in that. It was a reality show set around the, uh, the area of Paddington Green, which was just full of prostitutes, including one who was a transsexual who, uh, who popped into LBC because she played the piano. Sort of. Um, and um, it's all a bit bizarre, the whole programme. And they should bring out the cruise with Jane McDonald. That should be brought out. And the reason it should be is because it was so good you could condense it down. I know there are probably bits that she wouldn't want to be seen. But at the end of the day, it was a good series. Why not repeat that? 
opposed to some of these other programmes that they're repeating. Love the idea of Esme Windsor. The moment you mentioned that I immediately visualised Esme Cannon playing ping-pong and hitting Sid James in the mouth with the ping-pong ball. Have you checked out Drama, the new Freeview channel? Evening schedule, wall-to-wall birds of a feather. It's on Channel 20, but you may have to rescan. They're showing a wide range of UK plays and series worth a look. Yes, I keep seeing the birds of a feather thing. What'll I do when you... <laughs> I love that. Oh! I knew there was something I forgot to mention. The LBC Gadget giveaway. For this morning, what do we tempt you with today, ladies and gentlemen? Because yesterday, Steve Coxedge from St Albans identified Dawn French was Geraldine Granger in the Vicar of Dibley and got himself the fabulous Weber barbecue. Gas barbecue. Very nice indeed. So well done, Steve. Today, it's a Google Chromebook laptop. It's a laptop. Light. Perfect for on-the-go computing. It's got that cloud storage for added security, and you could get your hands on it by 6.30 this morning. So one lucky listener will win the Samsung Google Chromebook just by answering this question correctly. Brace yourselves. So for the Google Chromebook laptop, which actor played Rodney in Only Fools and Horses? Text the word gadget, then your answer, and send it to 84850 before 6.30 this morning. So which actor played Rodney in Only Fools and Horses? Text the word gadget, followed by your answer. Send it to 84850 before 6.30 this morning. Text costs pound fifty plus your standard network rate. If you text after the closing time, you won't be entered, but may still be charged. We play across the LBC network. Full terms and conditions online at lbc.co.uk. Good luck. Good luck for the Google Chromebook laptop. Very nice indeed. More of your texts and emails coming in this morning. Thick and fast, as they say. Uh, a lot of people guessing on names for now, the uh, the baby. Darren says, hope you... Uh, have you used the new Rootmaster? I haven't yet. I haven't yet. I want it because they've said there's no air conditioning. You can't open the windows either. And I'd, I can't sit upstairs on a bus. They look lovely. I like the idea of the open bit at the back. I'd sit on that seat there. I like that, that long seat. Why is it that you sit down there and somebody comes... It's yesterday. I was sitting on the train. I was on a three-seater. And uh, by the time we got to Clapham Junction, it got a bit busy. And I had somebody sitting next to me. And their knee was brushing against mine for the whole journey. The whole journey. And I thought, we're either going to get engaged or we're going to pick out curtains by the time we get to Putney. And then luckily at Putney, all these people get off again and we finally can breathe. Nothing worse, is there? Nothing worse. Uh, Windsor Windsor, says Richard, the very lazy postman for today. It's amazing how many of you think it's definitely going to be a girl. I think you'd, you know. Uh, also, tombstoning, because of the hot weather, they're warning people of the danger. There's somebody here tombstoning off Devil's Bridge in Cumbria. This is the same spot where Daryl Teal died a year ago, tombstoning. Are these people stupid? Why don't they just make it illegal? Mind you, it doesn't help round our way. We've got Do Not Feed the Birds. We've still got the barking mad woman, the bird woman, who feeds. Uh, when the sun comes out, the daredevils come out as well. It's a shame. This is interesting. Is your name a career killer? I was, you know, I'll tell you what I thought the other day. I was looking at some people the other day. Well, I was, where was I? I was somewhere. I was I just walking through town. I can't remember. And there was some people walking towards young people. And uh, she had her hair cut in, not like a Mohican, but sort of just shaved at the sides. And the middle bit was dyed purple. It was down in a ponytail. And she had tattoos all up her legs and upper arms. And uh, the boyfriend was also wearing a pair of shorts. And he had tattoos up his legs and everything. And all I kept thinking was, look at all his tattoos. Who in God's name is ever going to employ you? I wouldn't want anybody with, with tattoos serving me in a restaurant. 
You know, I, I don't want to go into a classy shop, although I did see somebody in Selfridges a short while ago covered in tattoos. It's just the, the very height of naffness, I'm afraid. It really is so awful. You know, it's real trailer trash stuff. And I just kept thinking, if I had a business and somebody walked in with tattoos, we'd go, listen, don't even come any further, mate. You've got tattoos. Sorry, not interested. You're dealing with the public here. I don't want people looking like you. So when they've got it all up the side of their necks and round their ears, and then you get somebody on the Jeremy Kyle show where, you know, they're trying to find out the baby's father. It's more difficult than you imagine in the Jeremy Kyle show. Might as well ask the whole audience because most of these women seem to have been round the block about 500 times. And then the girl's sitting there and uh, they're generally heifers, but they're covered in tattoos up their arms. They've got, you know, this is my first baby. That's his, that's his, his, this is his dad's name. This is the second baby, that's his dad's name. And the third one, you know, so it goes on. It, it really is. It's like, you know, it's, it's so awful. But anyway, if you've done your research and laid out your smartest clothes, you might think you're ready for the job interview. But one detail that's a little more out of your control could still be holding you back. One in eight young workers fear their name stops them from climbing the career ladder or even getting a job in the first place. It showed people with modern names, such as Wayne and Kaylee are losing out to those people with conventional names like John and Rachel. So it's very interesting. One in 20 have been passed over for a promotion in favour of somebody with a more traditional name. You know, you wouldn't want, uh, ladies and gentlemen, this is the uh, Wayne Allen show, because Wayne immediately makes you think, it's even though it's a modern name, people go, oh, no, I don't think so. The Rupert Allen show sounds OK. Hello, welcome to Rupert Allen show. That sounds quite good, doesn't it? I like that idea. Being the champion is just exhausting. And uh, here are the two hours sleep. Then everybody wants a piece of Britain's Andy Murray. So at 7.55 yesterday, uh, he was starting off. uh, He was yawning. 8.05, another one. 8.10, he's uh, doing another one for the radio. Then there's another radio one at 8.20. Then there's another radio one at 8.50. Why don't just do the one interview and then split it between everybody? Poor soul. Then at 10.35... Uh, Holly Willoughby asks the dumbest questions. At 10.50, he does a photo call. Then a two-hour sponsors event in South London. And then at 4pm, he's with Angus Robertson, David Cameron and Nick Clegg. And then he arrived at Nobu for dinner at 9.15. He must have been exhausted. He must have been so tired. Poor soul. But uh, at last, we've got somebody popular in number 10. (laughs) Makes a change, doesn't it? Uh, And so, how does his girlfriend's hair stay that glossy? I mean, that is actually a whole-page feature in the Daily Mail on how her hair stays glossy. And so, they talk about her honeyed caramel tones and who actually... It's it's all, it's all, uh, you know, plug, plug, plug all the way through for all these sort of the freebie kind of things. Uh, And here we are, a stunning new look. This is for his uh, his mum. And... uh, He's... Uh, who's that picture? Oh, that's Simon Fuller. I thought I recognised him, actually, because he is the man who is going to make a fortune for Murray and pocket a fortune for himself. So Simon Fuller is uh, is the man. All his A-list clients were in the Royal Box. Victoria Beckham, the Roonies. My God, who's that a picture of? Good Lord, Sophia Loren is pictured in the paper today. She's 78. She's 70. I don't know if she's had... Um, if she's had any sort of surgery or anything like that. She looks good for 78. Not as good as Barbara Windsor does at 75, though. Not as good. And Joanna Lumley has said, you need to turn off your mobile if you want to succeed. Because you see people now sitting on the train. That's all they sit there on the mobile. Tapping away and tapping away. Not for me, I'm afraid. And uh, 
Oh, um, Theresa May has said we will slash hate cleric's benefits. Well, you better promise. I don't want any any sort of empty uh, empty threats on this one, please. And uh, here's a girl. Um, I can only tell you a little bit about her. Laura Binch was drunk on champagne, and she smashed into three houses in a BMW, and then told the shocked owners, do you know who my dad is? He's rich. Another vacuous, vapid old baggage of the First Order. Anyway, she's been sent to a Young Offenders Institute for six months, so uh, the judge condemned her arrogance. She lives in Hopwell Hall in Derbyshire. She went to a private college, a keen show writer, but quite clearly thick as a brick. Thick as a... Do you know who my dad is? He's rich. Really? Well, spend time in prison, love. You enjoy it. It'll keep you keep you out of trouble for a little bit. Stupid woman. Coming up to the news at uh, five o'clock. It's LBC 97.3. It's Tuesday, July the 9th. It'll be the uh, Hampton Court Flower Show for you today. Wear a hat. Take bottles of water. There's loads of places you can get drinks there and cool off a little bit. Lots of pims and stuff like that. My advice is take a bottle of water. You're going to need it as you wander around. More from the uh, the, uh, the papers a little bit later on. Plus, of course, we'll remind you, if you have just woken up about our gadget competition, very nice today, it's a Google Chromebook laptop. Can be yours at 6.30 this morning. I'm Steve Allen. It's early breakfast. It's LBC 97.3. LBC 97.3. Text 84850. Tweet at LBC 973. This is London's biggest conversation with Steve Allen. Having told you earlier on that Prince Andrew is now twittering, he's uh, teed off. He's become the first member of the royal family to officially join Twitter and uh, at once faced a barrage of abuse. He's already got more than 10,000 online followers and quickly signed up to follow 51 accounts, including two golf clubs. But uh, he's tweeting under his name, at the Duke of York. And uh, as we all know, he doesn't actually appear to have a job. He just appears to play golf and everything else. But there's a, there's a dreadful story, a couple of dreadful stories in the papers. Well, first of all, the, uh, the good story is that uh, this fugitive, a drugs trafficker, Mark Lilly, who uh, who was dragged out of his house. I mean, he looked like the little little girl caught in the... In the headlights, he used to. He was known as various names. It, it was quite an operation to find him because a, 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 an officer found him over there. They went, "Oh, wait a minute! I know who you are." He's been under T.J. Coney, Big Vern, and Mandy. I think Mandy kind of sums him up. Anyway, uh, strange enough, it was a judge who decided originally to give him conditional bail. And, of course, it was then that he skipped the country as quick as possible. They're so dumb, some of these judges. Uh, this was at Bolton Crown Court. He dealt in heroin, cannabis, cocaine and ecstasy. He was also found with a gun at the time, so they sentenced him to 23 years. Uh, he was then given conditional bail and off he skipped. And uh, 12 years later, they find him in Spain and drag him back. He'll be back in prison. He's back in custody now and he'll be serving the rest of his uh, sentence. He was, there was a gun in the house. He locked himself in a panic room. You probably saw it on television. It made, made excellent viewing. You know, when you think that uh, here he is, he thought he was all big and clever, probably thinking, what should we do this weekend? I think you'll be going to prison. I think you'll be staying in prison. So 20 stone drug lord cornered naked in a Spanish bolt doll, locked himself in his panic room and then realised there was nowhere he was going to go. They could have they could have poured sort of gas in there and killed him quite easily or sort of at least sort of stunned him down. But in fact, he, he might as well have just opened the door, which he did. In the end, had to come out and accept it. So off to prison. Do not pass go. Do not collect £200 or just about anything at all. But the worst thing is some woman here, and I, I hate to say she looks like the sort of person, she's got a staff. OK, so she's out on the road. And this was at 4.30 on Saturday. And uh, there was a charity worker called Mrs Antel. Mrs Antel was leaving her dog Elvis 
at her mother-in-law's home in Warrington in Cheshire. And it's a Pomeranian. Have you ever seen those Pomeranians? I think, actually, you'll find that Sharon Osbourne has got a Pomeranian. I'm pretty certain. They're rather yappy-looking things. Anyway, um, somebody said they, they let the dog out into the garden as this staffy was walking by. Now, at the risk of upsetting anybody this morning, this staffy literally rips the head off this uh, poor dog. But the woman, as opposed to actually apologising or doing it, just drags her dog away. Her arm's covered in blood. I mean, quite clearly, another one of these thugs who's out there on the street. Anyway, they have found the dog. Luckily, it didn't take much. I mean, I know she is. She lives around there. She's a vile piece of work. And uh, these these poor people, they're so traumatised by the whole thing, they can't believe that it's happened. Absolutely terrible. Anyway, the dog is likely to be destroyed, which is a shame, isn't it? Because it's not necessarily the dog's fault all the time. It's bad owners. And you only have to look at this woman to realise she's a bad owner. Somebody, you know, people who don't train their dogs to walk to heel. You know, they don't think that you need to actually do this kind of thing. They think that you just buy a dog, you put it on a lead and that's it. And they train them to do all sorts of stupid things. And you think to yourself, I would have that, you know, that, that woman prosecuted immediately. She's got, effectively, a dangerous dog. And if it's not destroyed, you know, it might do it again. That, that's what you can't, you can't really risk, can you? Next time it could be a child. Next time it could be a child. We've, we've seen it happen before. And uh, it annoys the heck out of me. It really does. On the subject of the cruise, uh, read the new series, The Cruise. It's uh, Fred Olsen's ship, says John that mirrored the route that the Titanic took on the 100th anniversary of the legendary ship sinking last year. This culminated in the Balmoral being positioned at the wreck site at the exact time when the Titanic sank. As you know, I didn't take the voyage as I thought it was too ghoulish. John, of course, is our Titanic expert. Would that be too ghoulish? Would that be, you know, when they say you are now over the wreck of the Titanic? This is at the exact time and the exact spot where the Titanic went down. And I'd love to, I'd love to, I mean, it, to be honest with you, John, I'm with you. I mean, I, I wouldn't want to go on something like that. I find that a little bit, a little bit ghoulish. I understand the fascination, as you know, that people have with Titanic and we still have all these years later. But I would, I would love to find out. So in wintertime, is that area still iced up? Is it still covered with the icebergs? Because I was watching a David Attenborough programme yesterday on the television and they were showing this huge glacier. And it's going down into the Antarctic and literally it's just breaking off. And that's what provides these enormous icebergs. I mean, these absolutely huge icebergs, because this this glacier is something like 40 miles long or something, whatever it is. It's the biggest one I've ever seen. And as it gets there and it just they, they speed it up the photography to show you how this thing is moving 40 meters a day. You could stand there and you wouldn't actually notice it. But then you. I've told you before about the Earth DVD that I've got, where they go into the French Alps to go under a glacier, a moving glacier. And the, the end of this long corridor, they've, they've tunnelled into the, into the thing underneath the glacier. At the end, there's a big door, and they open the door, and there's a wall of ice, because that's the glacier. So they get these high-powered hoses with hot water, and they blast this wall of ice, and they make a cave under the glacier. So what they were able to do is go in because they blasted this hole there. So they're effectively under the glacier. Then what they do is they go in there, they show you this is what, this is what's moving down the hillside at the moment, you know, slowly, but if you speed it up, you'd see it going well. And so then they close the door. The next day they go back, open up the door, and it's a sheet of ice again. It's all moved on. 
The room has moved further down. Very interesting. Very interesting. More on the Daily Mirror today. This is about the teenager who drowned and another missing after taking a dip to cool off in a heat wave. Russell O'Neill was swimming in a disused quarry. I can't help feeling that, you know, how many times can you say to young people and children and sometimes adults, do not swim in quarries? You do not know what is under the water. They, du- they, they jump it. They think, oh, everybody jumps in there. This bloke jumped in and uh, he disappeared. It took them three hours to find him. I don't know what it is, whether they get caught up in things underneath the water, but uh, he shouldn't have been there. And 14-year-old Holly McClemont disappeared after getting into difficulties in the sea at Barry Island. You know, it's just, it's too dangerous. The quarries are the worst for the Tombstoning is bad enough, and I understand that in this hot weather, people go, oh, I want to cool off. I've seen people doing it. Surprisingly, they don't do it in the Thames. Isn't that funny? You never see anybody jump because they realise the danger of jumping off the bridges with ships moving underneath. And also, you don't know what's underneath the whole thing, do you? I mean, you don't know what rocks are down there or anything else. There could be all sorts of things in the middle of the Thames going back donkey's years. So the answer is, no matter how hot it gets, do not jump into quarries. Do not swim in quarries. They do put signs up. They put signs up saying, do not swim in, and people still get in there. And I just don't know... I don't know what it is that you can do about it and try and try and make people aware that it's blooming dangerous. Every year we get more stories of kids who lose their lives tragically. And uh, it's just uh, it's just awful. Uh, 84850, uh A lot of people talking about how hot it is on the uh, the buses. Uh, and uh, John says, I saw a bloke in his car the other day. He must have been listening to classical music because he was waving his arms around like a madman. Uh, did you say Pat Coombs and the man who played Blakey, a brother and sister? Yeah? Yeah? Not in real life, foolish person. In a TV series. God, I can't help if people don't do their medication first thing in the morning. Uh, 84850, steve at uk. Um, I got myself a mobile, a new mo- an iPhone 4S, says Karen. Is everybody on medication this morning? We're, we've moved on from the 4S, I think. We've moved on, way, way on from that. We've, we've moved on. In fact, now everybody's got the Google Chromebook laptops. Have you not got one? Oh, everybody's got one of these. Good grief, honestly. It's the most, it's the most, it's the most available laptop you can possibly have. This one's got, you can do on the, on the go computing, cloud storage for added security so if you lose everything it's all saved you don't have to worry about it and you can win you can win one on this program we're offering one as the prize in the lbc gadget giveaway steve coxedge from st albans yesterday got the fabulous weber gas barbecue and very nice it is too the weather lasts long enough i think it will and today it's the google chromebook laptop how'd you get your hands on it you need to know the answer to this question which actor played rodney in Only Fools and Horses, which actor played Rodney in Only Fools and Horses. Text the word gadget, text the word gadget, followed by your answer, and then send it to 84850 before 6.30 this morning. Text costs pound fifty plus your standard network rate. If you text after the closing time, you won't be entered, but may still be charged. We play across the LBC network. Full terms and conditions on lbc.co.uk. Good luck. Good luck. Uh, more on Barbara Windsor going back to EastEnders for a special one-off. Uh, we knew this was going to happen. Everybody keeps saying to her all the time they see her, when are you going to go back to EastEnders? And uh, she said, well, you know, we've had, we've had chats and things like that. It's going to be a special one-off. And uh, I know that the cast and crew will welcome her back with open arms, and she'll, uh, she'll love that, actually. She'll love it. Uh, 84850, steve at lbc.co.uk. Um, 
What's this one here? Oh, that's right. Sorry, sorry it's the uh, the Barbara Windsor thing. More on these uh, the families who are now coming to terms with the fact that their their children are not coming back because they've lost their lives, and also this uh, report on the children's homes abuse scandal. This is the survivor of a paedophile ring who blamed over the death of his twin brothers last night, slamming a report into the scandal by failing to mention the people involved. And this is a report that's been covered up for ages. Twelve people lost their lives at Brynestin home. And, uh, again, uh, regular people who... Many of the original child sex claims centred on uh, Brynestin home in Wrexham, where it's alleged gang rape, sadistic beatings and strip searches of young boys took place. Victims have spoken of disgraced Jimmy Savile being a regular visitor. Well, I mean, his name just pops up everywhere, doesn't it? Jimmy Savile's name pops up. And uh, one report here says many more had their lives ruined by what was permitted to carry on. One boy uh, was found dead in a car aged 18. One boy hanged himself. Another boy died uh, aged 37. It was alleged he was sexually abused while at the care home. And uh, another boy hanged himself in February 95. Previously made accusations of sexual abuse against care workers. And the authorities did nothing. Nothing. Twelve people... Uh, linked to this bestial regime of, of cover-up. 17 years, but apparently nobody in authority is named. It's a scandal. It's uh, highlighted in the mirror today. Quarter past five. 5.20 is the time. Did you see the other day? I knew there was something I was going to mention to you. Did you see the other day, after Wimbledon, and Andy Murray does the thing, he's wearing all his wristbands, but then for the photos, he's changed into the watch that he's being paid a seven-figure sum to promote, isn't it? I mean, to be honest with you, it just comes down to money. If it's Simon Fuller, that's why Simon Fuller obviously said, I'll take over the Royal Box, stick all my clients in there. So you get Victoria Beckham wearing her underwear. I've never seen such a more ludicrous outfit. The uh, the Roonies. They're trying to elevate them, but frankly, you can't string two words together, and she just sounds like a chipmunk. So there's no point. But it was so funny with the watch thing, because I only noticed it. I thought, oh, he's wearing that watch he's paid to endorse. Like they all are, and they try and catch a picture of it. So it's all, it's all carefully contrived, isn't it? Very carefully contrived. But uh, things most likely to make you shout, Whoa, Pip, where'd you got that? Uh, Philip Schofield, uh, beginning a question, David Cameron, with the words, There was something I saw on the internet. <laughs> I bet. I bet. And then, very strange, because the paper's making a big thing the other day about uh, Jesse J, who's not going to return for next year's farewell series of The Voice. Who cares? Who cares? Who is she? Nobody. Nobody at all. And they went, oh, of course, the, the race is on now to find somebody to do it. Well, there's a job centre down the road. There must be hundreds of people who want to do it. I mean, it's bad enough watching poor old Will I Am, a strange creature at the best of times, sitting there texting throughout the whole programme. He's obviously as bored as we are. But uh, she claims she's leaving because she needs to devote more time to promote her next album. Hmm. Gut feeling, says Ian Highland, is uh, about that excuse. It's the same as my default response to a new album by Jesse J. I'm not buying it. Besides, if she really wanted her new record to gain maximum exposure, surely she should have stayed on The Voice and glued a copy onto Holly Willoughby's cleavage. It's the only thing about The Voice that anybody ever seems to notice. And uh, and that was the only reason that Cheryl Cole, I'm going to fate, 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 fate for this, whatever it is, uh, managed to get it into the charts because she got free plugging on The X Factor, courtesy of Simon. That was the only reason. That was the only reason. Uh, Zara Phillips, here they are at Wimbledon. Although, actually, I can't help thinking that Mike... Mike, what's his name? Is this Mike Tyndall, who's, the, uh, who's a rugby player? He looks a bit of a, bit of a, a, bit of a Neanderthal to me. You know. What are you doing, mate? You all right? I don't know why every time I see him there is what he looks like. And, uh, and she was there. I quite like her. I quite like her. And uh, last week, some of the stars of Corrie were caught on Twitter plugging freebies they'd been given. 
But now Katie Price has gone one further and is using Twitter to promote her brother's seedy website. Apparently, her followers were told she stumbled across his site by chance, which is a strange coincidence, if ever there was one. Daniel's Venture is the casual dating website. Ugh, tacky, tacky, tacky. But there you go. Let's face it. That's the, uh, that's the brother and sister tacky act together. And uh, they just call it a seedy site, which kind of sums it up, really. So wonderful. And here's a picture of uh, Niles Horan. And um, he's... Uh, the, the one, one Direction have gone off the boil a bit at the moment. I mean, there must have been... A, I think a day went by. We didn't have a picture of Harry Styles with some girl. Uh, and also, good news, everybody's favourite producer, William, is moving his record label to the UK. So uh, he's... Mo- I don't know why he's moving it over here. I can't bear the bloke. I, he, I can't bear him at all. I don't know why. Uh, other stories of the papers today. Um, oh, there's uh, this, this more on this stupid girl. This is the millionaire's daughter who was crashed after... Uh, who was jailed after crashing her BMW into three homes. And says, do you know who my dad is? He's rich. Luckily, the judge went, you're a pretentious little old so-and-so, and put her in prison, which was good. She was rude and in drink, said David Outis. And in drink. In drink. There's a new expression I've not heard before. Anyway, she left the pub. She was rude. She stopped to argue with men in the car park who told her she was too drunk to be behind the wheel. Quite clear, she's as thick as a brick, I'm afraid. Anyway, she's gone to a young offenders institute for six months and banned uh, from on the road. Her father, Steve Binch, founded the car rental firm Drive Assist. Apparently he's worth about £65 million. Anyway, Drive Assist went into administration last year with a loss of 259 jobs. What a class act she is, isn't she? Anyway, we've locked up Laura Binch. Perhaps she'll learn your lesson now. Or perhaps she won't. I don't know. Perhaps she... These people don't, don't seem to. It doesn't seem to be any sort of deterrent at all, does it, really? More on this uh, woman, clearly identifiable, dragging her devil dog off. But uh, police have confirmed in Cheshire they have seized the dog. But as I've said before, no such thing as a bad dog, just bad owners. People who don't get them trained properly, they don't look after them. They seem to have them as status symbols. And when you see this woman in the paper today, she looks like the sort of person to be dragging a dog around like that. Stupid person. Boris Johnson... We'll be asking Boris this week, won't we? Is it Boris we're asking this week? We'll be doing Nick this week, won't we? So many questions you want to ask Nick Clegg every time he comes on to LBC. Proving to be very popular. Very popular. But Boris Johnson has provoked uproar by joking that women only go to university to find themselves husbands. And then apparently, people get all uppity about that, don't they? That's disgraceful. How could he say it? And you think, no, that's Boris. He's just saying it, you know, it's, it's, uh, and there's anger over that. And you think people get upset over the stupidest things nowadays. I don't know why. There's no reason why you could ever get upset over anything Boris says. Because it's all, uh, most of his stuff is just done tongue-in-cheek. Uh, I shall wait, says Jan, with bated breath, for Babs Windsor to go back into East Enders. Mag says, I have had my medication, thank you. Just hadn't heard of the series. She says, by the things I hear you report, I think there's a whole load of other people who haven't. Well, oh no, only you, I'm afraid. Only you this morning. You know, only you this morning, not listening to it properly. We described it as a television series which was made after on the buses. I mean, how much clearer can it be? Doesn't have to be much clearer, did it? Uh, Andy Murray, in his own words... I mean, when has he found time to sit down and do this? Do you think these are old interviews that they've, they've cobbled together? I mean, it's nice, but I think I predict by the end of the week you're going to be a bit bored with Andy Murray. OK, he's won. OK, fine, thank you. We've given you an award. You're going to be knighted for it. I don't know why. I don't know. I don't understand how that, how that works out. So because somebody... Is, is it, now, have, have we given it to him because they're so grateful to have something good that we can pin our flag to? Or are we doing it because we're pretending he's a Brit, but he's really a Scot? 
Because depending on whether he's doing the Olympics or something else, it depends on who he, who he plays for, which side he's batting for. And so in this particular case, are we giving it to him because we go, that's what you give to people who do well for this country? Whereas, in fact, he's going to make a small fortune out of it. He's going to make £200 million. Already he's paid a seven-figure sum, that's over a million, to endorse a watch, which he puts on. It's all carefully contrived, isn't it? It was like every time you saw people at, at Wimbledon, they had the bottle of, of water there, because that's one of the sponsors, and he has to go out and do things for the sponsors. So they're all doing it. When I was at uh, Hampton Court Flower Show yesterday, and it, re- it really is lovely. I mean, it's lovely. It really is lovely. But let let me just tell you one little bit of advice. When you come out of the car park, if you go to Studgate Car Park, which many of you will, don't turn right to go up to Kingston Way, because I sat in traffic for 45 minutes. It was at a standstill. In the end, I thought, I'll turn the car around, but it's a bit too big on that road. It's uh, It's not big enough, really. I should have gone left up to Hampton Court roundabout and gone off that way. It would have been an awful lot quicker. So the advice is don't turn right. If you're going, get there in plenty of time. The parking is great. There's no, no shortage of parking. Uh, buy your tickets in advance if you can. It's £33 something on the door. £33. You can't believe it, can you? You can go to a West End show cheaper than you can go to the Hampton Court Flower Show. £33.50 or something. If you're a member of Royal Horticultural Society, you get it cheaper. But the, uh, the flower marquees, oh, my God. They're just unbelievable. I mean, you look at this marquee, which, you know, is as long as... As long as long. And it's just unbelievable. We walked in there and went, oh, my God. The first thing you see on, the, on going in on the right-hand side are all the fuchsias. And you can buy them, little pots of climbing fuchsias, hardy fuchsias. Ev- I mean, really, really stunning stuff. And the flower displays... God, I mean, you just stand there and you just marvel. You just want to immerse yourself. And they've got everything for those of you with cottage gardens, those of you who just want to do a little bit of windowsill gardening, herbs, the most beautiful bonsai you've ever seen. I think there are three different areas of bonsai. They're like miniature forests. One of them was all out in flower, this beautiful miniaturised tree. It was Even the Japanese were taking pictures of it. It was so beautiful. I mean, there was just we just went, ugh, all the different grasses, the gladioli. I, just, I, can't, I can't praise the flower marquees enough. I didn't get round to I think Linda uh, went off to the rose marquee. I didn't, I didn't go to that one. But there's loads of little places, loads of places to sit down, and you will want to sit down. Your feet will become very tired. So uh, pace yourself. Take some water. And if you've got one of those little seats to sit down on, take that. And also take loads of carrier bags to carry home the plants you undoubtedly will want to buy. They didn't look that expensive. <coughs> Excuse me, the fuchsias. Well, actually, on reflection, perhaps they were. £3.50 or 4 for £12. Which I think, actually, which is a bit more expensive than going to the garden centre, isn't it? <coughs> but remember, on the last day, they get rid of all the plants. So all the displays you look at, I, I told Linda this, I said all the plants you look at, which are covered in moss and everything else and in this thing, they're still in the pots. They all, all the planting outside, everything is still in the pots. They just put the pots in the ground and cover over because they're, they're selling the plants on afterwards. And so people will, um, will be walking out of there when the Hampton Court Flower Show finishes with all these wonderful, wonderful plants. But there's loads of things to see, loads of food. It's the usual sort of food kind of thing, you know, salads and chicken and burgers and stuff like that, which isn't the best. I'd like to see something a little bit better. And I think you can do dining as well, which is nice. Either way, you'll love it. But get there early. Don't leave it too late. It will be heaving. It's LBC 97.3. Time now is 5.30. LBC 97.3. Text 84850. Tweet at LBC 973. This is London's biggest conversation with Steve Allen. 
Morning, Tuesday morning. It's another hottie. I bet you're grateful many of you have taken time off work and the rest of you are going, I wish you'd shut up about the heat. Bad enough coming in on the trains, standing next to somebody who probably hasn't had a wash or something. Oh, it's horrid, isn't it? Yeah. I know you said... <laughs> Is that me sweating? No, probably not. Uh, apparently, according to uh, to young Jackie in uh, sunny Paddock Wood, Peter Andrex is appearing in Kent. You'll be pleased to know that Peter Andre is performing at the event music on the hill on the 19th, 20th and 21st of July with Jules Holland and McFly. Oh, God. We see McFly are very down-to-earth, very smart, very professional, lots of live performances. Jules Holland, an expert, and Peter Andre. Oh, God, Peter Andre. It's going to look embarrassing, isn't it, really? Will he be singing live or Memorex? Anyway, tickets to his event in the local Oracle have been reduced from £33 to £28. I wonder why, says Jackie. He's now cheaper than a Chinese takeaway or a volcanic chicken for two. Good morning to the Crumblies and especially to Paul's dad, Bill. Are we still doing the settee thing? Still doing the settee thing? I don't know. And uh, Noreen says, wish uh, Margaret a very happy birthday. From all her friends, a good morning to Liz G. Massive fan as well. Thank you very much indeed. It's always nice to have a, a few fans. On the front of the uh, Metro this morning, they've got uh, at number 10. Um, and here is Mr Cameron with Andy Murray. I love the way that Andy Murray would stand there all by himself and then eventually... Cameron sort of comes out, whereas, in fact, it should be the other way. Oh, I like this. This is a unicycle to get you to work. It's in the Metro Day. It's the only paper I've seen that's, uh, that's carrying this one. It's called a Rhino. It's a one-wheeled, battery-powered scooter, and it can travel at up to 25 miles an hour. How strange this thing is. Designed by Rhino Motors in America with commuters rather than image in mind, and you don't need the skills of a circus performer to master it. It takes less than an hour to learn to ride. You're just on one wheel, though. It's a bit unicycling. Uh, it's about 2,250 quid. Have you seen those things where people stand up on them and it's got two wheels and it's, it, it seems to balance itself? Have you seen, am I facing the wrong way or something? What, do you, what was it called? Does it have a name, this thing? It's called... Oh, it's hopeless, isn't it, really? Might as well ask the cat. It's, it's called a Segway. Right. And it's, that's the thing with the two wheels, isn't it? You go round. Well, this thing is just one wheel, and it's quite a big wheel. It's not like a little thing. It doesn't... Uh, and it's called a Rhino, a one-wheeled, battery-powered scooter. And he says, when you ride through the streets, people think they're watching something out of a video game. Actually, talking of things which you look at, when you go to the Hampton Court Flower Show, as indeed many of you will, thousands and thousands of you, it gets packed solid. Um, Father Christmas we saw yesterday... He was sitting outside something. He's got a big sign next to him going, on holiday till the 24th of December. He must have sweltered in the heat. But he's, he's quite a big chap, whether it's padding or not, because if children are listening, this is, this is the pretend one, OK? Not the real one at the North Pole. He's just a representative. You have to say that because people write in and complain otherwise. So, so he was sort of sitting there. I went, oh, it's Father Christmas. Oh, perhaps we shouldn't be looking. I do like these Segway things. I just, you know, I, I quite fancy... Buying one. But then I think it's, it looks a bit dangerous, doesn't it? I mean, are you allowed to take them on the road? Are they, are they legal for the road? Or are they um, probably not, actually? Perhaps on, on paths or something. And are they, I'm assuming the, these things are also rechargeable. That's the only way you, you, you could ever do it. Interesting. I'd like to buy one. It won't ever happen, unfortunately. I'll just say these things. Like, oh, I'll buy one. But I'm too frightened to actually get it. I wouldn't even get out there on a bicycle nowadays. I really wouldn't. Uh, read your question. Is the position where the Titanic sank normally iced up each April? No, the same level of ice encountered by the Titanic hasn't happened for many decades, which made the tragic events of 1912 so unique. Ah, right. 
because I couldn't remember when it sank. It sank in April, did it? And so that area was full of ice. Now, because of global warming and these glaciers with the ice, and, of course, the, the ice disappears reasonably quickly, but uh, still happens about every century or so, although there is still an international ice patrol that scan the North Atlantic Ocean by C-130 aircraft, it's still possible to encounter rogue icebergs now and again, goes John. So now you know. So in fact, it's only because of the global warming that things have changed there and you don't, uh, you don't get the icebergs all the time. Uh, more on uh, Boris Johnson and uh, the Sutton's agony aunt uh, reduced colleagues to tears when she read a letter from the wife of an arrested newspaper executive to Rupert Murdoch. Deirdre Sanders caused former managing editor Graham Dudman to become emotional when she told how some of the kids who watched their dads dragged away are still in counselling. In a recording obtained by investigative website Exaro, Mr Murdoch thanked her and said, I'll go and shove it down the throat of the company lawyers. News Corporation said he showed empathy. <laughs> and... Um, and do you know these these stories interest me? And the only reason they interest me is because I thought that's how people got the stuff. There's a Daily Star journalist who's become the first non-news international employee to be charged over allegedly making corrupt payments to officials. Uh, this man is accused of paying a guard from a prison in Milton Keynes for information on an inmate. But I thought that's how. I mean, call me naive. I thought that's how journalists got their information. On all the television programs I've ever watched, they go, "Listen, uh, twenty quid. Got any information on?" Uh, on, uh, on Steve Allen's producer, Sam. Uh, well, not for 20 quid, mate. 40? 40 pounds? And that's how it worked. You, you bought your information. I can remember years ago when I was, I was uh, nearly offered a job on the News of the World, being their showbiz. The idea was you'd have to go out to nightclubs and stuff like that and drink and socialise and, and then come back with, with various stories. And they said, and of course, you'll have a, you'll have an, a, a budget for... You know, for buying people things. I mean, you know, maybe not physically cash all the time, but it might be buy your dinner, buy your bottle of champagne or whatever it is, just to get some information out of it. I thought that's how it worked. Now, all of a sudden, it's seen as being as being corrupt, and that's the sort of thing you don't know. But, I mean, any journalist will tell you that you either take somebody out for a drink. I'd say you, you keep your contacts. Somebody phones you up, they say, I've got some really good information about Steve Allen's producer. And uh, you go, how much? You go, listen, it's worth £500. This is really good piece of information, you know. He's found 10p in his pocket and he's willing to share it. You know, that's the kind of thing, because he comes from Cambridge and he's generally known as being a bit tight. And so that would be a front-page story. So he show me the 10p, so hoping that it catches the light. I brought in some jelly beans the other day for him. He was very excited. He sat there and uh, ate his jelly beans. Uh, Cheryl... Co- oh, dear. Bad news, I'm afraid, for music lovers. Cheryl Cole has gone back to the recording studio. I think she's got a job sweeping... I don't think it's actually a job recording. I hope not, anyway. And uh, Nicole Scherzinger is really worried about the impact her failing chart success may have on her X Factor job. But this is, uh, this is the only reason people... That's why we can't understand Jesse J leaving The Voice. It's the only bit of free publicity you can get. You know, get Holly Willoughby. Just hold up the album cover. Just hold it. Oh, come on, Holly, you can do it. It's like all the people from Coronation Street. Listen, if I, if I give you a free phone, can you Twitter about it? Yeah, of course we can. Just give us the free stuff. Give us the free stuff. Sharon Osbourne appears to have been welcomed back to the X Factor with open arms, but I'm told, says Nellie Sean, that some of the crew secretly dread her arrival on set. Oh, I can imagine she'd be a nightmare. An absolute nightmare. <laughs> and Helen Flanagan wants her ex-lover Scott Sinclair's name removed from the tattoo she had in 2010. However, she thinks it could be fun to add it so it reads Scott Free. You are really stupid, aren't you, I'm afraid? And poor George Lucas of Star Wars was mistaken for Rolf Harris on a recent trip to London. Time a kangaroo down, sport, to a galaxy far, far away. 
84850. Chris says, I could see you in a mobility scooter. (laughs) The inventor of a Segway, says Brian of Twickenham Station, was killed going over a cliff on his own invention. I know, somebody else told me that earlier on. Isn't that terrible? That is really awful. Mind you, the bloke who... um, who invented the Cambridge diet. He fell over and died, didn't he, on some ice or something. I, was, I remember telling you years ago about the launch of the, the Cambridge diet again. Ugh, it's all milkshakes and everything else. Diets, little and often. I had, what did I have yesterday? Crispy prawns. It's, it's, I think I might have crispy prawns today with some salad. With some salad. I think, you know, why do we eat salad in, you know, we get a bit of decent weather. But tomatoes are lovely. A bit of salad cream. Sounds nice, doesn't it? I bet O'Brien could stand at the station at Twickenham in the morning. Actually, there was some woman... Actually, when I came through yesterday, Brian, you, you were too busy. You didn't see me. And uh, there was a woman going through, and she she just lugged her bicycle up the stairs. And she was very OK, yeah, but she was huffing and puffing and swearing under her breath and trying to get through. And then, in the end, she ran into the man in front of her who was just walking along. She was so impatient to get through, and you had to open the barrier for her to get through. Oh, she was a right misery guts. She really was. Uh, sad times... The Lions Made Bookshop in Richmond is closing its doors after 30 years, says Ian. Well, because the council want more rent. What is the, the Lions Made Bookshop? I don't know what that is, actually. What is it? What is the Lions Made Bookshop? Is it something I should know about in Richmond? I know most places. I, well, I'm, I say I know most places. I know Brian at Twickenham Station. And I know Lenny at Waterloo Station. Lions Made Bookshop, Richmond. wonder where it is. It is a, oh, right. It is actually a, a place. They're going to cease trading. And the, um, so where, oh, right, where is that? Where is it? Do we know where it is exactly? Wait a minute. Owner Jenny Morris, uh, 36 years. I'm stepping down, she said, following my passion for children's literature, poor soul. And uh, who was the guest author in 1977 when they opened? No, none other than Roald Dahl, for goodness sake. And uh, such a shame, such a shame when sort of they, uh, they've obviously unsustainable rent increases. That's a shame, isn't it? Richmond's Lion and Unicorn to close. So everybody supported it. Isn't it typical, though? You know what it'll turn into? It'll be another blasted coffee shop by another company that doesn't pay blooming tax anywhere. That's what's so annoying now. What they want to do is, most of these places, they want to push out little little people, you know, which take away the heart and soul. So they put up the rent so much that you can't afford to do it and make a living, and then they put him on these big multinationals. Well, failing that becomes a blooming charity shop. You can't move in Twickenham for charity shops. I don't begrudge charity shops anything, but dear God in heaven, can we have something else back? Charity shops and bloody coffee shops and two tattoo parlours. And that's the extent of it at the moment. It's not looking very promising, is it? So, uh, sorry about that. Richmond, the Lion and Unicorn. That'll make the local papers. All we get is body found in churchyard in front of our paper. Oh, we get the same paper, I've just realised, actually. Um... Talking of Andy Murray's watch endorsement, says Shelley, I recall reading that Ryan Giggs had earned over £20 million from Reebok over the years for wearing boots. I know. Well, what do you think David Beckham does? He doesn't really play football, he just does endorsements. That's how a lot of these sportsmen and women make their money. So if they've said yesterday, if Simon Fuller had said that Andy Murray can make £200 million, he won't be wrong. Look at Margaret Thatcher. She made all that money on the, on the, the, uh, the, the, the talking circuit, the after-dinner speeches. Millions and millions of pounds. I'd love to find out what she left in her will. Wouldn't you love to know that? I mean, she's died some time now. Surely the will must be read. Surely we should be told about how much money she left. Because Dennis was, was not short. He was a millionaire. And is it split evenly between the children? That's what I'd love to know. Sunny and warm, particularly to the southwest of London. Where do I live? The southwest of London. Uh, 26 degrees today. Double it, add 30. 52, 82 degrees. 
Don't make any difference, does it? Just water the plants. Water the plants. Just make sure they all get drenched. And, uh, and then you won't be... Uh, you won't be sort of sobbing over it. Um, another one here says, uh, the traffic is not, never good whichever way you go. It's better to park the car at Thames Ditton and get the train one stop to Hampton Court. Even better, take a boat from Kingston. That takes about 40 minutes. Oh, it takes forever. The boat takes forever, I'm afraid. Um, and Miles says, around 28 years ago, I was in Windsor and I swam across the Thames and back. I would never do it now. Shopping trolleys, burnt out cars and uh, all sorts of things. Anybody who jumps into the unknown waters takes their uh, own lives in their hands. I agree with you. I would never swim in the Thames now. I wouldn't have swum in it first time around anyway. I'm not that kind of person to sort of, you know, take my shirt off ever and jump into the... T- just, I would, it just wouldn't happen, I'm afraid. Wouldn't happen. But I suppose getting there in advance would be better and taking the train to Hampton Court and then walking through. It's, it's a bit of a walk round, though, isn't it? But it, it can be done. It can be done quite easily. Lovely. Lovely. Do go, but it's just bearing in mind it's 33 quid to get in, unless you're a Horticultural Society member. There's a woman here, she's made an artificial leg out of Lego. It's nice, isn't it? People obviously still plugging Lego. And a public toilet is up for sale in Cardiff. Now, there's quite a number of public toilets that have been sold over the years. Famous one at Shepherd's Bush, which is a snooker hall and a comedy club. And there was one at Waterloo Station, which became Café P.F., But this one is up for sale. It's on the market for just £58,000, and it has planning permission. The toilets, described as a bargain, will be sold next month. Wow. Drunk students have started... Oh, I'll tell you about the drunk students in a moment, actually. They've started a a new craze at McDonald's. They won't like me telling you this at all, I'm afraid. Quarter to six. LBC 97.3. Call 08456060973. This is London's biggest conversation with Steve Allen. So here is this... I shouldn't really be telling you this, but it appears in the Metro today. Drunken students have started a new craze at McDonald's. And the staff aren't loving it, I'm afraid. It's called McDiving. And it involves, apparently... Diving over the counter at unsuspecting staff in the restaurant. I don't know how they, how they manage this. I've got no idea. McDonald's have said, quite rightly, this poses a serious health and safety risk to both the participants and our restaurant staff. I mean, do you know, there should be some sort of trap door you can open for drunk students. They stand in front of you and go, I'll have a sausage and egg. And you think, and it opens up like a James Bond film and they're in a tank of piranhas. And did you know... And I only found this out the other day, that piranhas are quite timid fish. Just because you put your hand in the water, it doesn't mean they're going to attack it and reduce it to bone in seconds. They generally don't do things like that, piranhas. It's only if there's sort of some, some meat in there or something like that that, um, that means that they would go for it. But, I mean, they're, they're generally quite, quite timid fish. Good Lord. Here is a... It's, well, two things, actually. The, uh, the last night of the proms... Not sure how to bring this to you, actually, but they're going to break with tradition. 118 years of tradition at last night of the proms, and have their first ever female conductor. Let <laughs> me bring myself to say it. Yes, Marion Marin Olsop is to be the maestro on September. She's a New Yorker. She says it's an odd thing to gain notoriety for. Well, we've never had a female conductor. Last night of the proms, female conductor. I've never anything like it. That sounds quite interesting, doesn't it? I'm all I'm all in favour of that. I didn't know that we'd never had one before. So, uh, by the time... Um, so, by the time we get round to Jerusalem, she'll be conducting it. 
which I like. I like a lot. But there is a lovely picture of the paper today. I've never been a philatelist. I did have, some years ago, an old uh, Gibbons stamp album, which all the decent ones have been taken out of. And I don't even know where it went to. It probably got lost in the mists of time in our family archives. But there is a, a stamp today, and it's got the uh, picture of King Edward VIII. And it's ahead of a, a Sotheby's sale in London. There's 191 lots of surplus stock, uh, which could raise £5 million for the British Postal Museum. I've never quite got over the... I mean, I, d- I didn't... I used to put stamps in an album years ago. And you'd get the stamp hinge and you'd stick the... Oh, God, it's so boring. And then you, and you look at it and then you close the page. It's like doing photographs in an album. Nobody does photos in an album now because you can keep them on your computer. So gone are the days of bringing out the photo album going, look at that, this is me on the beach at Corfu. OK, that's Manuel, our waiter at the restaurant. And uh, at Miguel, that was the other waiter. We learned, learned to speak Spanish. Hola, we used to say to him in the morning. And uh, this, was, this was our first dinner, paella. And you go through the, uh, the album, look at all the photos. Fo- Nowadays, you've got them on your phone. You can uh, keep hundreds Hundreds and hundreds of photos on your telephone, and you could do it all the time. If I, I mean, literally, I would have loved to have taken a photographer yesterday with me to Hampton Court because the flower displays were among the best ever. I mean, they really were just so beautiful, you cannot describe it. It's like somebody had taken you and dropped you in heaven. If ever you imagine heaven was just full of the most, you know, when you see a whole display in the middle, the first thing you notice is these uh, gladioli. They're in huge pots, and they're all fanned out. Each pot contains one colour. And they've got everything. Everything you can ever imagine is there. Just absolutely beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. I can't, I can't get over praising it enough, even though it's £33 to get in. <laughs> £33 does seem like a lot of money. Uh, didn't David Walliams get ill when he swam in the Thames, says Malcolm? Yes. Yes. He did fall very ill. But there again, I mean, I wasn't sure if he swallowed river water. They keep telling us it's much, much cleaner. Uh, if you've got to mention the Butterfly Dome at Hampton this year, says Christine... I didn't know there was one, actually. We didn't get as far as that. <laughs> Lion's Maid used to be a brand of ice cream. I think it still is. You can still buy Lion's Maid. And Anne says, trains on a go slow out of Waterloo due to the weather temperature. Now oil spillage on Hampton Court Road. Get to the flower show. Hope it's worth it. Oh, it's absolutely worth it. It's abs- I think it's a bit expensive at 33 quid. I have to be honest with you. I'm, I'm not always the first person to say, you know, I think something's good. I, don't, I think 33 pound is a lot of money. It'd be different if you got inside and they went, here's a free voucher for tea, and there's a free PIMS, or there's something else. But they're doing PIMS and strawberries, the usual sort of things. All you want to do, though, I mean, if, if I got there, I would do the slush puppy concession. I would have a slush puppy concession and just charge people pound fifty because I reckon you could make thousands in the course of a day. You know, it's only a bit of frozen water, isn't it? That'd be, I mean, that's very, very lucrative. I like, I like that idea, actually, of something like that. Uh, more here. On uh, Katy Perry, she's found uh, a new boyfriend, which is lovely. Justin Bieber made 13,000 of his fans hang around for an hour and a half before he finally took to the... St- I'd have walked out. I wouldn't hang around. How rude and offensive is that? How rude. But uh, months after he made his British believers wait two hours for him to start his set at the Ota, I'd have walked out. What idiot wants to stand there waiting for two hours for some, some midget on the stage to start singing a couple of songs you've never heard of before? And... Um, it's ridiculous. I've got a four-hour drive, says one outraged parent, Mary Schlegel. And apparently the venue backed the star and said he wasn't on stage until 9.30, leaving him only 35 minutes late. It's still late. It's still late. It's still called blooming rudeness. It's like, you know, this show starts at four. It doesn't start at quarter to five. 
Well, some mornings you might think you did, did. But uh, no, it starts at four. That's the one thing you can rile on radio, can't you? Everybody turns up to, you know, to do their slot at a particular... T- Am I boring you next door or something? Oh, right. Let's check again. So you were just nodding, yes. Nodding with your eyes closed as you slump onto the desk. Um, and that's what it is. It's just called Route. It's 35 minutes late. Well, I'd have walked out. I'm sorry. It's like sitting in a theatre. I'd be doing slow hand clapping by that time. I get really annoyed with those sort of things. Uh, here is... Um, I never know who some of these people are, actually. Oh, Mumford and Sons have taken a pop at their Glastonbury fans for doing too many drugs. I did laugh about that. I did ask somebody who went to Glastonbury. One of the one of the youths in the office went to Glastonbury. And I did say, he said, do they do a lot of drugs there? And he went, well, it's, it's like, you know, middle class. So apparently, yes. So they all drink and everything else. An exhibition dedicated to the life of Amy Winehouse set to open in London. What are they going to put up? Apparently it's called Amy Winehouse, For You I Was a Flame. Does that, does that mean something to somebody? I don't know what, what that means. But apparently the proud Camden Gallery in North London is very excited. Amy's fans were amazing in the wake of her passing and showed their love. So they're going to have Amy's 30 in the borough of Camden celebrating her life and career. Stand up, fall down, stand up, fall down, stand up, not get up again. That kind of thing. I, I just, I don't quite understand it. I mean, the, the, I was, I was so worried when we were told a short while ago that the foundation hadn't made as much money as we, we thought it had. So I don't know where it's all going. I mean, she didn't owe money in tax. She wasn't one of those, wasn't one of those sort of people, was she at all? I don't think so. And if you want a, a little car, if you're very, very rich this morning, you know, the girl who's just gone to Young Offenders Institute for crashing her BMW into the houses and going, my daddy's very rich. Unfortunately, the company founded has gone bust. But uh, they've got tiny replicas of sporting cars. They've got one of a Jaguar and uh, one of an AC Cobra, and they're little tiny cars. They can reach up to 46 miles an hour. I wouldn't put any kid in anything that could get 46 miles an hour. And they come with a 110cc petrol engine or an electric motor. Ben Headley of Pocket Classics. They cost, incidentally, between 8 and 11 grand to buy one. But they've got a little tiny child in here, and this thing can go 46 miles an hour. You remember how stupid Ozzy Osbourne is? He couldn't even ride a quad bike. There's no point in ever putting a kid, I'm afraid, in a, in a thing that can do 46 miles an hour. I mean, that, that just strikes me as being really, really dangerous. Don't forget, in our gadget giveaway for today, yesterday, Steve Coxedge from St Albans knew that Dawn French played Geraldine Granger in The Vicar of Dibley and got himself the fabulous Weber barbecue. Today, it's a Google Chromebook laptop, which could be yours, light Perfect for on-the-go computing. It's got cloud storage for added security. Could get your hands on it at 6.30 this morning. So one lucky listener will win the Samsung Google Chromebook today just by answering this question correctly. Which actor played Rodney in Only Fools and Horses? Which actor played Rodney in Only Fools and Horses? Text the word gadget, followed by your answer, and then send it to 84850. So Rodney is played by... So you do gadget... Then that answer, and then send it to 84850 before 6.30 this morning. Text costs pound fifty plus your standard network rate. If you text after the closing time, you won't be entered, but may still be charged. We play across the LBC network, full terms and conditions online at lbc.co.uk. So, which actor played Rodney in Only Fools and Horses? And you're playing this morning for the Google Chromebook laptop, Samsung's Google Chromebook laptop. Which actor played Rodney in Only Fools and Horses? Text the word gadget, then your answer, 
And then you send it to 84850 before 6.30. pound fifty it'll cost, plus your standard network rate. If you text after the closing time, you won't be entered, but may still be charged. Full terms and conditions online at lbc.co.uk. Good luck, because it's a nice thing. And then you could say, today, I won something on Steve Allen's early breakfast show. Lynn says, last night at the proms, a female conductor. Whatever next? Votes equal pay. The country will never be the same again. Probably not. Mind you, the good news is at Wimbledon, the girls now earn the same as the men for playing tennis. It's taken long enough to get round to that bit. So a female conductor at the last night of the proms can only be good news. LBC 97.3. Text 84850. Tweet at LBC 973. This is London's biggest conversation with Steve Allen. Morning, five past six. It's Steve Allen's early breakfast. It's LBC 97.3. You're very welcome. It's another hot day. Bad news for people with uh, with no thyroid, I'm afraid, so I spare a thought for you this morning. And if you're going to the Hampton Court Flower Show, then uh, make sure you've got a bottle of water in the car. Don't take pets and leave them in cars. I can't believe that people are still stupid enough in this weather to actually leave animals in cars, even with the window open a little bit. It's just ridiculous. They expire very quickly. I was just looking at this. I mentioned at the beginning of the programme, because we start at four, Dixon of Doc Green, Collection 2, with Jack Warner, who is a past president of the fabulous CAA. And it, I was reading about, uh, you know, Dixon of Doc Green, because we, we kind of grew up with it. I think this was in colour. And it, really, really good, actually. Very good. But it does say PG... This is something that went out on the television. PG, mild, contains mild violence, threat, sex references, and dated racist language. Dated racist language. Isn't that interesting? They actually put that on something. Dated, in other words, what they're saying is that in those days, people did say certain things, and you'll probably find it... I can't wait to see what they are, actually. I'll tell you tomorrow on the programme. Because they've come up with all sorts of things. I suppose it's the same as... um, that, uh, that neighbour thing, or mind your language, that was sort of mildly racist and, uh, in one way. Uh, the killer of uh, April Jones has been scarred for life in a jail blade attack. This is the front page of The Sun this morning. Mark Bridger screamed in pain as another lag slashed his face with a makeshift knife. He needed stitches after the attack at Wakefield Prison. I should imagine probably be reading more about various other people in prison. They seem to meter out their own violence inside there, don't they? Mind you, best inside than it wasn't outside. Uh, more on uh, shocked onlookers. Talking about Paul Gascoigne, who had two gin bottles stuffed in his pockets and knocked over plant pots as he staggered into a hotel extremely drunk. It's just an embarrassment now, I'm afraid. Um, I don't know whether or not his friends, in inverted commas, Gary Lineker and people like that, are prepared to send him back to rehab again. Yeah, I don't think he really wants to sober up. I, don't think he, I think he wants to drink himself to oblivion. And he might as well do it, but uh, just don't do it near anybody else. Because at the moment they said he was on his crutches, but he couldn't stand up. He was hardly conscious, wearing the same clothes he was spotted wearing all weekend. Well, that's what drunks are. He's an alcoholic. You know, and unless he's either... Uh, They've actually got a a picture of him posing with a fan, and he just looks like a sad old drunk, I'm afraid. You know, none of this this spark that we're supposed to be seeing with him. He quite clearly isn't interested. He's quite clearly a compulsive liar when he says, you know, I feel I've let everybody down. No, no, you've let yourself down. Nobody else cares anymore. We're we're rapidly getting to the end. We tried it with George Best, and I'm afraid it's it's just not not working. Uh, The wee bit of happiness at last for the city of Dunblane and his hometown joy. Very happy there. And uh, Fuller's Feelers 
Yes, this is Simon Fuller. This is the man with the Midas touch. Uh, Posh and Bex, he's elevated into world status. The Spice Girls, uh, Emma Watson, Cindy Crawford, Lily Cole. Uh, he's got Annie Lennox, Will Young, Kathy Dennis. And they say here, I mean, he's, he's made, I think, about £375 million. Which is great. I imagine once you get past your first few million, you don't kind of worry about anything else. But he's going to make Andy Murray very, very rich. Very, very rich. He also owns American Idol. This is Mr. Fuller. He has a similar format, Q Viva, he devised with Jennifer Lopez. Music clients include Will Young. He's acquired the rights to the Elvis Presley estate and Muhammad Ali's image. Also, he owns a majority share in a storm model management. The home of Kate Moss. It's no wonder the time made him one of the most 100 most influential people in the world. And yet he could walk around and a lot of you wouldn't know who he was. He doesn't exactly push himself forward. He's a very ordinary looking person. Just very, very rich. But uh, he's got his clients. That's why they were all in the uh, in the box. In the royal box. Uh, more on the arrogant crash girl. I'm so delighted with that story, honestly. Do you know who I am? Yeah, you're going straight to prison, you stupid old bag. Far too dangerous. Even told in a pub car park. Don't drive, you're too drunk. Ugh, I could do it, I could do it. Well, you can't, can you? That's what's so dangerous. Small wonder insurances go through the roof for young people nowadays. My 18-year-old goddaughter, Charlotte, she's a, could be could be Princess Charlotte soon, couldn't it? Depending on whether we have a royal baby who's female or whether we have a male. I'm erring on the side of female. I think we're going to go female on this one. What do you reckon, producer? You, you think female? You just don't care, do you? Comes from Cambridge. Yeah. Have, have you put money on it? Would you bet? You see, I, I wonder. Somebody I said the other day, have you put money on it? Would you bet? I said, not really. I'm not that kind of betting person. Couldn't really care less, actually, to be honest with you. But uh, now you've got Zara Phillips as well. She's pregnant, but she's vowed not to quit the saddle. I don't know if that's a term for something or whether, whether or not we're not privy to it. Ali Ross... Talks about Channel 5 scheduling thrown into disarray this week when Big Brother fantasist Dexter Coe suddenly announced he'd be staying in the house as long as it took to... Di- well, anyway, I can't read that bit there. I didn't realise that him and um, some other poor creature in there, who's this deluded so-called rich girl, who is just so fake. I mean, you could see her a mile off. You know what a fraud she is. And... Um, and Sophie Rayworth is a random irritation, putting on ludicrous foreign accents to announce the Wimbledon semi-finalist. Oh, well, there's a girl who does it. I think it's Jasmine somebody who does this um, Homes Abroad. I think she does. Johnny Irvin, uh, Irwin does it here. And then Jasmine's abroad. But whenever she pronounces something, she doesn't say Fuerteventura. She goes, Fuerteventura. And she does it as if she was Spanish or something. It's sort of, you know, it's, as opposed to Paris and here in Paris. You know, it's, it's all a little bit pretentious. And in, and she'll sort of do it in the accent. We used to have a sports reporter years ago who did the same thing. When he did foreign players' names, Milo Jokovic, you know. <laughs> it just sounds so funny. And unfortunately, Sophie Wayworth does the, the same thing. Balding midlife crisis case, Greg Wallace, looking genuinely dumbfounded that sales of ice cream rocket when it's hotter. He really is dumb, isn't he? Very creepy as well, I'm afraid. And uh, Darren Brown. This morning on Wednesday, I've genuinely never had any ambition to go to Vegas. Darren Brown, Tricks 2009. For those of you in America, I'd hope to be performing stage shows either on Broadway or Vegas in a couple of years' time. <laughs> I love him. I love him. He's good. He's very good. And uh, and the soundtrack at all the things, it's got a picture of the stupidest girl in The Only Way is Essex. Well, in fact, actually, there's a couple of things. There's one which is coming up on our... Um, on our free podcast later on today. Yes, the biggest girl in the house, Gemma Collins, has opened a fat bird shop. 
in Brentwood. Poor old Brentwood. It's really suffering in the high street. It's just a lot of tacky people. And all she could manage to attract to the opening was, even though it's being filmed for the ITV2 show, was Harry Durbridge, an embarrassment of the First Order, and poor old Amy Childs, who's also got two or three little sort of shop-type things in Brentwood. It's all very embarrassing, is it? Gemma Collins standing there uh, with her mother, both of whom need to eat more at the salad bar, and that's me being caring. But uh, this is Jess Wright, Jessica, otherwise uh, the oldest uh, in the shop, posting a snap of herself for her 992,000 Twitter followers. She's, uh, she's sniffing a balloon. Well, she's holding a balloon, and presumably it's full sniffing as well. And uh, a lot of people have said here, it's very disappointing to see her promoting such a dangerous activity. Well, she's stupid, isn't she? That's what she is. She's stupid. There's no other word for it. A spokesman for Jessica declined to comment. Not really a lot you can say about somebody who's as stupid as that, is there? Unfortunately. Uh, a soap star has been left devastated after his girlfriend's children were taken away from her by social services. The middle-aged celebrity, who is a household name but cannot be named for legal reasons, was reported to be heartbroken. His sought childcare staff were told there had been an accident involving one of the kids at his lover's home. Oh, dear me. That's it. And here's, uh, here's a picture. Oh, it's Kelly Brook. Barely a day goes by, Ledger, where I get a lovely picture of Kelly Brook attempting to act. And for, for act, read the word, open her mouth. OK, unfortunately, she's not very good at it. And Cara Delevingne. Here she is, the world's most unattractive model. How oh, this woman ever gets any publicity, I'll never know, but she must have a very good agent. What's the betting? Well, she's not with Models 1, is she? Do you think that's Simon Fuller again? Because if it is, he's very lucky. Managed to get a picture of Victoria Beckham in her underwear at, um, at the Wimbledon the other day, although I'm laughingly told that apparently it was one of her outfits she designed. <laughs> I thought she'd just turned up in a niggly-giggly kind of thing and sort of, you know, and laughingly somebody had said, oh, that's fashion, is it? And she'd said, yes, yes. Um, more on this... The McDonald's story, it has made the main papers, as opposed to the Metro. And this is drunk students who jump over the counter. I see these people down at Waterloo. They're, they're not jumping through McDonald's, because it's far too busy in there. Nobody's got any time. They'd probably just clobber them over the head. But they do this, I don't know what they call it, where they jump across big gaps and leap onto things. And, and they do it in the subway down at Water. I'm facing the wrong way again. On the sub- what are they- Is it called what? Free running. Well, it's something like that, but they seem to sort of take huge gaps and you think, oh, you're going to miss it, you're going to miss it. And they all do it. They're all t- I mean, I would do it myself, but as you can well imagine, I don't want to show people up. It's a bit embarrassing. I, I can do a gap, you know, well, can't quite get off a bus without falling over nowadays. But I watch these people doing it and they, I've seen people do it down there for a while. They do it on the South Bank as well. They just leap from tall thing to... T- and you think, oh, my goodness me, what possessed them to do it? And they film themselves as well. Doing it, and then I think it goes up on the internet. It's called free running, is it? Right. It's very... It's obviously, you've obviously got to be very fit to do it. That's why, as I say, I'm a past master of it. I don't want to show the youngsters up down there. Otherwise, they'd all be going, oh, that's, that's Steve Allen again doing his free running. But it, it does look very good. I, I do find myself standing there thinking that I don't think I was ever that fit. You know, I did high jump and long jump, but I've never actually done anything like that. This just looks dangerous. You look like you break legs and limbs on this one. Quarter past six. LBC 97.3. One of my tenants. And Nick and the team at seven. As the White House expresses concern over the growing violence in Egypt, Nick will be asking what's the next step. Plus, how would you like our stop and search laws to be changed? And as London's temperatures continue to soar... We'll be looking at the problem of our transport system. Is it coping? Answer is well sort of. Yes, maybe not all the time. Mark Dolan, comedian and TV presenter. He'll be like a live wire this morning. I could just tell this morning. That I bet the heat will have fired him up. He'll come in wearing practically little. 
It's, it'll be a pair of shorts. It'll be like a whirling dervish. What if he's going to mention Paul Gascoigne and the fact that he's been taken off to hospital again? I mean, I don't, I don't... You know, he's in a business, Mark, where you must see loads of people who have drink problems. But, you know, the one thing with Paul Gascoigne is he's fallen off the, the log quicker than just about anybody else I've ever known in living memory. Very fast, very fast. So there'll be that as well. And uh, as, of course, the tributes are on the rise, tribute banks... Bank, uh, tribute bands used to be, years ago, a bit of a joke. People should go, oh, it's a tribute band. I promise you, they are so good now that you, it is impossible to tell the difference in the sound. I mean, top of the, of the tribute bands would have to be Bjorn Again. Now, I'm led to believe there are quite a number of Bjorn Again groups... Uh, they've earned about 45 million quid uh, for their gigs. They get about £20,000. I think Vladimir Putin booked Bjorn again, but which group he got, I don't know. So I'm led to believe there's a few of them because there's so much work out there. The second most popular group in the, uh, in the tribute bands are the Bootleg Beatles. I don't know if you've ever seen it. You can book them for between five to seven grand. Now, Neil, who used to run them, who used to be the lead singer, he was John Lennon, uh, he lives in Richmond, and he's a very good friend of a friend of mine. We've we've used them before the Bootleg Beatles, but now he's they had a, a competition to find somebody to do the, the job. They're fantastic. I mean, they're absolutely fantastic. I mean, really fantastic. Third in line, the Counterfeit Stones. If you've never seen them, they are absolutely brilliant. They're actually doing Cheltenham, I think, tomorrow night. The Counterfeit Stones. They're brilliant. They're absolutely brilliant. It's so good. It is so good. Uh, the Australian Pink Floyd are very good as well. Fool's Gold, uh, which I think is, that's the Stone Roses, isn't it? I like uh, No Oasis. No Oasis, that's very good. Uh, Badness, for Madness. And The Bohemians, who's that? That's Queen, yeah, absolutely, Queen tribute band. Well, good. I like No Oasis. <laughs> but but definitely top of the list, the Bjorn Again, Bootleg Beatles, Counterfeit Stones. They've always been top of my list, and I've seen all of them. In fact, actually, I worked a bill once where they were all on. They were all on, and very good they were. I think the Bootleg Beatles do two sections. If you've never seen them, go see them. You will not be disappointed. I defy you to, you know, to, you won't be disappointed. And they do two halves. One they do is the mop tops in the grey suits. She loves you, yeah, that kind of thing. And then the second half is all Sergeant Pepper, complete with brass section. It's brilliant. It's absolutely, you know, they recreate the sound far better than they used to be years ago. I've seen a Simon and Garfunkel pair as well. They were, they were pretty good too. Anyway, all of that pales into insignificance as you wander through the front pages of the papers. And uh, you also have a go, hopefully, for our gadget competition for today to win yourself the Google Chromebook laptop. It's got uh, iCloud, it's got everything in there, perfect for on the go. And you could sit on the train and watch your movies and do everything. And one lucky person will win it, provided you know the answer to this question. Which actor played Rodney in Only Fools and Horses? Which actor played Rodney in Only Fools and Horses? Text the word gadget, followed by your answer, and send it to 84850 before 6.30 this morning. So which actor played Rodney in Only Fools and Horses? And, and uh, first of all, you text the word gadget... <laughs> Followed by your answer, <laughs> send it to eight four. It's like a giant canary wandered in, isn't it? That's <laughs> just and follow here. So text word gadget, then the answer, and then send it to eight four eight five zero before six thirty this morning. The text costs one pound fifty plus your standard network rate. If you text after the closing time, you won't be entered, but may still be charged. We play across the LBC network. Full terms and conditions online at lbc.co.uk. Don't forget, I have a free podcast for you. 
which is up uh, before seven o'clock every morning. And that's our gentle chiding of a few naff celebrities, which uh, always features so heavily on the programme. Uh, the people you love to hate, ladies and gentlemen. And then we'll have the actual podcast of the programme up a little bit later on. And if you go to the LBC website, lbc.co.uk, that will give you all the details of podcasting and exactly how you can get involved with it. And it means that whenever you go away, you never need not to have to worry about not having LBC with you because you can just, you can take it with you and enjoy every bit of it. So you can relive those happy programmes. Uh, Christine is listening in Dublin. How are you? That's the best I get, I'm afraid, this morning. It's not, not going to get any better than that at all. As you know, says Gary, I do swim in lakes and the Thames from time to time, but I would never swim in either of these without it being an organised event with safety boats. Far too dangerous. Well, we've had... You're so right. You have to have safety boats out there. And we've had, uh, well, a couple of kids already. One who drowned in a in a, uh, a quarry. I don't know what it is that, that drags them down. I can't quite get to grips with it. I mean, I don't understand. If you're just swimming about... How do they get themselves into difficulty? Do they get dragged down by currents? Do they get dragged down by weed or something that's in there and they can't get out? I don't understand what it is. Do they get their foot caught? What, I mean, what is it? Because we've had loads of these before, and I thought it was just a quarry that filled up with water. I mean, are there dangerous bits underneath where if it's a quarry they've dug down and then it sucks them? I don't know. I really don't. But he said it's too dangerous, and he knows because he swims in a in an awful lot of uh, of these sort of situations, but never... Never without the, the safety boats there. Neil says, Lorraine and I took our little grandson Teddy up to Northwell Market on Saturday. We must have just missed you. We commented on the slush stall. He must have taken a fortune. Good luck to him. Hampton Court sounds great. It was, it was lovely. It was so beautiful. The flowers and the, the tents there. And I'm glad that we saw it when we, we, we could walk around on press day yesterday without there being hundreds of people there. Because today there will be thousands. Thousands of people. And it, it will probably not be as pleasant as it was for us yesterday. But the slush stall, yeah, we were at Northweald. At probably about half past twelve or something like that, and we did have a slush. There were two of them. One was just up from uh, from Chris's stall, and then uh, another one as well. But uh, it was good. Uh, eight four eight five zero Steve at lbc dot co dot uk. The o it's only cooked tomatoes, especially tomato sauce, that are good for you. Raw tomatoes are bad for gastric problems. Oh, I love tomatoes. I just years ago you put a bit of salt on, but nobody has salt anymore, do they? Tribute bands. Uh, we saw the Australian Bee Gees in Vegas. Absolutely fantastic, said Neil. Yeah, I remember you telling me. I'd forgotten about the Bee Gees. We don't, we don't get them over here, do we? Although there is going to be some touring. Isn't Barry Gibb going to be touring in a, in a tribute show to, uh, to the guys? Which I think would be quite nice. I think that'll be quite sad. Very sad indeed. Listen, sadly, not, uh, not much time left. The quarries have steep sides. They get tired and they can't get out. Ken Ross and Crystal have finished work at Gatwick. Uh, Wendy, amazing Darren Brown show, Woking in March, you have to go. Carol says, why is hot weather bad for those of us with underactive thyroids? Because you can't control your body temperature. That's exactly what it is. You would think it was obvious, Steve, not to leave pets in cars. But, um, unfortunately, that's what happens. Uh, great show, says Joanne in Wedge Edgeware. Although, uh, you say regarding women, the women now earn the same as the men, rather than the girls earn the same as the men. She said, a Pim Slush would be a hit. Yes, I, mean, I quite agree, actually. A Pim Slush. They did do Pina Colada in Slush, which looked quite nice. Looked, in fact, it looked very nice. I look at some of the stories that we're going to be running on the free podcast for today. Oh, dear, there's some people going to be coming, coming off rather badly, I'm afraid. We've got um, Elizabeth Hurley's son, Damien, and uh, the Saturdays. But you have to check out that record. Was it, I can't, was it Stooshy? 
this uh, three-girl band. They've got a new single out. It's reggae. It's so catchy. It's what I call a... I don't know why I'm mentioning it, actually, this morning, because, because I heard it yesterday on the television. And I got a friend of mine to play it. We, we found it on the, uh, on the internet. It's so catchy. It's a nice reggae little number. And I'm sure that they were in the other day. I'm pretty certain that they were in. I'm sure that... Because we've got a lot of... A lot of recordings for In Conversation to do this week, including Les McEwen, Robson Green, uh, Samantha Womack, Samantha Janus as was, going back into EastEnders. Barbara Windsor's going back in, as you know. Get those entries in for the competition, quick as possible. And I'll be back with you tomorrow morning. Nick and the team with you at 7 o'clock today. Up next, though, it's the morning news with Susan Bookbind.